Like, <gasps> wait a minute. Are you are you using mic this one? No. Do I sound good? Yeah, you sound really good actually compared to compared to like the usual freaking hey guys, me Dane back in Dane's junkyard. <laughs> no, um, I tried the mic, but and then I looked it up because it wasn't working because it's an act microphone. It just doesn't work on an iPhone. So oh. even though the plug page works. By the way, you know those spider crickets? Uh, maybe. Let me see. Well, I mean, uh, people like to call them sprickets. It's basically like a cricket, but they have really long legs, so they kind of look like spider crickets. Either way, I'm looking at one right now, and it's in my it's in my house. It's really what scary. This little... Oh, yeah, no, I know these. I, I see these in uh, glue traps. Yeah, well, I'm looking at one right now. Anyways, yeah, it's not even like that I'm like that upset. Because I, I like the miscellaneous, like, creep show, like, whoa, weird whoa, music. Whoa. Hang, on, hang on, That's He's our audience in. They don't know our backstory yet. Yeah, let me take a simple but walk. We're, we're talking about Ghostbusters. They don't want to hear about our little creep show 2 music rant that we're going to have in, like, a couple, I don't know, maybe next season. I don't know. Who gives? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to episode four, Dane Quits. <laughs> He's <laughs> done with the show. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> all right, just a disclaimer, creepy peeps. Before before we get started here, um, so it, it's gonna become obvious as we go through the episode. But if it has if it hasn't already become obvious, I do have a bit of a sore throat, uh, which I will be tackling. But overall, your experience will not be hindered. Luckily. I, I am getting better, actually, so most you'll hear is a bit of coughing through the episode. Other than that, though, my voice seems to be a good, in good shape. Um, I've also got my buddy Dane here, as usual. That's right. Creepy peepers. You know, I, we uh, tried to record a couple nights ago, except this man sounded like he was actually passing away. I, I really did. I don't, I can't even do an impression of what my voice would sound like because I'm worried that's going to make it like go worse. Oh, I can. Here, I'll do it for you. Do it. Do it. No. <laughs> Oh my god, my voice. No, so basically in in Jackass 4. That's what you did. <laughs> no, yeah, you, kept... oh. <laughs> you got me now. No, because yeah. you kept talking. No, because that's the thing. It's probably a bad decision on my part, but I had already spent the entire day like at school just like talking sort of normally. Uh I still had a cough. But then by the end of that day, even though I hadn't talked for like the last maybe, honestly, probably about six hours of that day, because I was still at school for like a late night rehearsal type thing. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I'd gotten home. I was like, I'll give Dana a call because you had texted me earlier and you were like, oh, hey, you know, when you're done. Um, and so I had called you and then I was like, oh, hey, so, uh, yeah, I've got this like sore throat and, you know, and, it, and I'd start and I'd coughed and then my voice was like gone. It's still there. I had like a super Dave Osborne, like, uh, <clears throat> just like rasp in my voice. And it was like so raspy that it was basically like disintegrating and like tightening. And it was like the weirdest thing ever because I never actually fully lost my voice. Even there, that's probably the closest I've gotten to losing my voice without actually losing my voice. It was just that. And then yet, I still talked to Dane on the phone for like 35 minutes about like <laughs> ideas for creepy peepers and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was probably one of the most jarring and painful experiences. 
Yes, and that led us to tonight's episode. Yeah. No, um, I I heard I heard there's something up with your Blu-ray. My Blu-ray. Yeah. Which the Ghostbusters Blu-ray? No, your Ghostbusters Blu-ray. There's something on your Blu-ray. On my Blu-ray. Oh, oh, oh! I forgot we were doing that. (laughs) 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 No, yeah. Um, yes, there is. There's actually. There's actually a bit of ectoplasm on my Blu-ray. Say it with me. Oh Dave. no! No. Okay. What? Freaking... Who? Who are we gonna call? Stop! No. <laughs> <laughs> you like hesitate? All right. Let's see. On the count of three, we'll do it. On the count of, the count of three. All right. One, two. Wait. Okay. Actually, wait. Before, because you might, <laughs> I might have lost you. On the count of three, we'll say who. Who are we gonna call? Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Who are, we Who are you going to call? To call? <laughs> right. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> this is not going to work with the delay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know what? You I'll say, just try to time it slightly before you yeah. hit three. All right. Okay. One, two, three. Who, Who are you going to call? <laughs> Did it work that time? I, yeah, basically. It's like, anyway, oh, okay. creepy Ooh. peepers, everybody. <laughs> what? Why are you saying it like a happy birthday? Creepy <laughs> peepers, everybody. with the Columbia Pictures logo. <laughs> Ooh, okay, can I say, I'm sorry. But, like, because I, I hate to get hung up on every single, like, frame of this movie, but this Columbia logo is actually cool. Yes, it is. This the old one, you know? I like I'm this old Columbia you remember logo. the old Columbia. Yeah, it's much more, like, vibrant and colorful. I remember the one they did for Zombieland, where they, like, used the torch to, like, beat up the zombies. <laughs> was was that what that was? Yeah, remember she like smacked him up with the torch and they like CGI'd her. <laughs> Mr. CGI. I always saw like a thumbnail of that, but I never knew what movie it was from. Yeah. Um, Anywho, <clears throat> I was there. Oh. Is is that you whistling? Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounded like an actual the, horror sound effect. Yeah, that's the opening, you know? Yeah. While we see the Columbia logo, that's like what they play. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly surprised you remember that. But know this, Dane. We don't have to go through every single frame of the movie, says our fans. Oh, yes, our fans. Yeah, fan, our fans, quote-unquote. Uh, yeah. Also, shout out once more to Clay in New Jersey. Hey, our biggest fan who actually yeah. doesn't criticize us, unlike some of our other listeners. Mm. Yeah, as you know, we at the Creepy Peepers are very sensitive and poop and pee in our diapers if we get any sort of criticism. <laughs> um, 
actually okay let's step let's step into the actual movie review now because i actually found something that was all of a sudden very funny to me and i think was always very funny to me as a kid okay Um, okay so we open up on this library and it's the new york public library we open up we see a bunch of people in the library this old lady's taking inventory of the books she brings her cart downstairs into like the library of the library we see all the like files index cards, <laughs> the, library, the library yeah you know what i mean like the little records department yeah yeah so everyone's down there she goes down there she starts looking at the shelf and then as she's walking through one little part of the library um like the records department uh, i mean um a drawer opens up behind her and index cards just start flying out like not even in a scary way just like slowly like silently start flying out (laughs) hundreds of years of work being undone (laughs) anyway she looks behind her it's the scariest thing she's ever seen she starts screaming like Dexter Stanley and starts running through the records department (laughs) um as all the like um cards start like flying after her and chasing her um then she like runs between this like bookcase these two bookcases she starts running through she starts just like running through this maze of bookcases then she stops at a corner okay can this movie not spoil the ending for um, (laughs) yeah i could hear the whole i could hear it as you were talking about it (laughs) she turns the corner she sees a bright flash and screams and then with something strange in the neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Gusters! Oh, man. That came completely out of Talk about a creepy moment on the Creepy Peepers cast over here. Yeah. And the Ghostbusters just like I guess just busted my ghost. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, we like zoom out and then we're on Peter Venkman's office, which for some reason has blood smeared um on the side. Venkman oh. burn. Um it's I, I don't know what this is supposed to be. Like, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be blood, like, in theory. Like, not, like, actually, but, like, it's supposed to, like, resemble blood. I think it's just a student that really hates um, Dr. Venkman. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. Because we see what he does to people. He has them do a stupid card game with a little, little like, electroid box. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you got this one wrong. Guy spits out his gum and everything. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Not too fast there, Dane Gringer. <laughs> we got to get to that part. <laughs> I thought we were at that part. We are. We are. Okay. <laughs> no, but yeah, he starts shocking people for no reason. And I'll be honest, this, is, this already is one of the biggest problems I have about this movie. Bill Murray is such a smug frick for like this entire movie. I honestly, this is true. Like he's one of the worst protagonists I've ever seen, especially in a movie like this, which has like so much like of a fun, like supporting cast. 
like Rick Moranis, freaking Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and then Bill Murray is just like, it's not even like he's doing a bad performance. I know it's the performance, but like, oh man, too rough. Yeah, spoiler alert. We hate this movie. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> no, but that's why. This is the worst movie. <laughs> that's why in Ghostbusters 2, like, at least, like, he's, they, they, do, they did make him compassionate. Yeah. As, as much as they could. Yeah. They were like, oh, <laughs> you know, let me, let me still be a little sleazy, but at least, like, care about you a little bit. Yeah, the, that friggin' here. You, you you just got attacked by a pink monster, but hey, so how are we going to do our sleeping arrangements? Yeah, I was really about to reference that one scene where he's like, all right, so I could sleep with me facing your back, but then I choke on your hair. <laughs> but then I'm choking on your hair. Yeah, I don't know. It's, almost, it's the weirdest thing. I don't. Oh, man. I, I don't like him, though. I don't like Bill Murray. In this movie, in this movie, let, let me, oh, I thought you meant like the actual actor. Yeah, no, I do like Bill Murray. I just, I don't, I don't like him that much in this movie, though. I don't see, it, and it, here's the thing, and I don't even want to just poop on him too much, like he's not a good character. In a weird way, <laughs> I almost want to open up the like the. I want to open up the book. Uh, uh, oh, which that book. You may be asking, is Ghostbusters the ultimate visual history? Which oh. I have with me, hardcover right here. Now, Spectacular. let me tell you why. This seems too jerky for a role for Bill Murray to have. And let me tell you this I think that's because. Bill Murray wasn't supposed to have this role. John Belushi was. Because the man who wrote this movie, Dan Aykroyd, had originally wrote this before his friend and Blues Brothers co-star, John Belushi, had passed away. He had wrote it as a vehicle for him and John to like, you know, like it was supposed to even be a little wackier, I I think I remember reading in here. But also... It was originally... As I remember Dan Aykroyd saying, it was supposed to take place in a dystopian future where ghosts are as common as rats. And Ghostbusters are a common chain of, like, exterminators. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm completely wrong about that or something, but that's what I heard from Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, me and Dan Aykroyd, me and Dan Aykroyd had some lunch uh, a couple days ago. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. And then Tom no. came in and got some onion rings. <laughs> See, this is good because for those of you who listened to the last episode, you're going to get that bit. We're doing all like callbacks. We had that Dexter Stanley yeah. reference. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, so he had uh, John Belushi. I was trying to figure out, okay, because I didn't want to jump ahead of myself, so I had to look to my book. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad I didn't say anything, though. If I'm a little bit mistaken, it might have been for the fourth Ghostbuster. But either way, I'm, I'm going to throw out the theory for now in the form of a theory because I don't want to like jump ahead of myself. But another possible reason why this character seems to be a little too far 
for Bill Murray's personality. Because we've all seen Bill Murray do the great, like, cynical character. In fact, that's a lot of his characters. Scrooge, freaking, um, what's the other one? Groundhog Day, you know? He's kind of like that yeah. guy. But he kind of gets that, like, redeemableness. I honestly don't think he really gets that in this movie. Really? Yeah. I think, like, well, yeah, okay, I mean, he saves her. At the end. <clears throat> yeah. But, like, he saves her because he wants to frick her. Like, he's never <laughs> like, oh, I've learned the error of my ways. I'm never going to shock this kid again. No, he's just like, all right, let me go scrape my girlfriend out of the statue. He's <laughs> like, all right, good, good for you, I guess. You won't die, but, you know. Um, now, what I was going to say, my other theory on potentially why this character was so different was Chevy Chase was supposed to be in this movie. Oh, this might have been a Chevy Chase character. Not because we all know. Though you can make the easy too far Chevy Chase is. Yeah, because we all know Chevy Chase can be. But not even just that, but even in his acting roles, Chevy Chase plays a goofy enough but still smug guy that he could have made a role like this. Honestly, maybe likable. Clark Griswold in every movie flies off the handle and drives his family away. But we still watch him every year. We still watch yeah. him every year. We're like, yeah, we like Clark. I, I can't see why he wouldn't be able to make this role good. And luckily, in the Ghostbusters music video, he does make a cameo. Him, Danny DeVito. Um, uh, really? Yeah, Danny DeVito. Uh, I haven't seen the full music video in a while. Yeah. So this is news to me. There's actually this one part at the very end of the music video, Chevy Chase flips a cigarette in his mouth and it gets stuck for a second. But then he's able to fix it. But I don't know. It's a little weird. <laughs> also, I think you know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Just a little uh, Easter egg for the audience, by the way, for the listener. Um, it is Thanksgiving. Well, I guess it's past Thanksgiving now. Well, I mean, you know, we're recording this the night of Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving night, yeah. So yeah. I've got my big plate here on the side. You may hear me chomp every once in a while. Got my pumpkin pie yeah. and my chocolate cake here. And you know what I have? What do you have? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Call back to episode one. <laughs> that, that, that setup was too good. No. Welcome back to the worst podcast. It's all callbacks. <laughs> all right. Anyway, enough description. Let's get back to the movie. So, our good buddy Dan Aykroyd comes in, and he goes in to tell his buddy Bill Murray, "Oh man, you know this crazy thing happened in the library, as we saw in the intro." And of course, Bill Murray's skeptical. He's like, "Oh man, you know what?" That's really interesting. I want you to get down there, check it out, and bring it back to me. Yeah, everyone in real life talking to the real life Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. I believe in ghosts. I believe aliens mess with my eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, sure, Dan. Here, how about you make a Ghostbusters movie? And it ended up being the biggest hit of 84. <laughs> you showed them, Dan, Mr. Crystal Skull. <laughs> Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, no, I hated this because then we cut right back from that little like happy-go-lucky Dan Aykroyd um, to then Bill Murray goes back to the little lady. She's like, oh, man, 
that was so interesting, Dr. Venkman. He goes down there. He's like, well, you know what? Maybe we could do a little more practice back at my place. What time works for oh. you? And then she's like, how about 8 o'clock? And then Bill Murray's <laughs> like, oh, I was just about to say, 8 o'clock? Like, all right. <laughs> What a what a what a hunk. I don't <laughs> I just want to dive into another note that I just realized. Are you okay? You're having some sort of a stroke. No, I I had a bit and then it like completely left my brain. So then I started <laughs> I was like, what do I call him? Because I already started it off. I, already, I can't just bow out of my sentence. So I just said hunk and left it at that. <laughs> okay. well, no, uh, you also kind of glitched out there for a second. You went, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it's on, on the actual podcast, but for me, you you did a little... A little robot sound. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. What? What was it? I was trying to say. Is this like? Because how old are the students? And how old? Because I mean, this is a college. I'm but assuming it's still... probably pretty young. In fact, this actually, funny enough, as to my uh, Dexter Stanley reference, that's probably the situation going on here. Only difference is I like Dexter Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. Anyway, um, Dane's failed bit apparently. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what my <laughs> brain kind of fell asleep mid sentence. <laughs> my favorite part is where, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically, uh. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to rewind the disc here. It glitched out on me for a moment. Oh, right, we gotta reset the v the VHS. Yeah. For two yeah, hours. I did rewind. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so basically, they start walking through the library. Uh, Dan Aykroyd's walking with Bill Murray. And he's, and also, all right, again, this is just like the little the Ed Harris incident. We're just, we're just, we're going to go in and out of calling them by their real names. Yeah. But anyway, point is, they're walking through the library. They got Harold Ramis. He's got the stethoscope to the table. He's like, oh, I'm going to be listening for ghosts. Which, yeah, it is kind of funny. You know, they kind of rag at him a little bit. Um, Bill Murray walks over to him. He starts lightly locking on the table. Oh, Harold <laughs> Ramis. What does that sound? And he slams a giant dictionary <laughs> right on the table. Can you imagine Bill Murray knocking on the table? Oh, Harold Ramis. <laughs> what is this sound? <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, no. So they start walking, all three of them. And then uh, Bill Murray's like, hey, you know what? That reminds me of the time that you... And I'll be honest, this is a, this leads to a pretty funny line. But then it immediately gets blasted later by the same like bit. But we'll see. Anyway, point is, they start walking through. Bill Murray's like, that reminds me of the time that you tried to drill that hole through your head. Then Harold Ravis, he's like, freaking, that would have worked if you wouldn't have stopped me. <laughs> it's actually pretty fun, but uh, anyway, like, keep going. For like the smart, like Simon character, yeah. that's like a pretty like that's like something Dan Aykroyd's character would have said. Yeah, like um, it, it. It's like they're not doing 
he's the smart one bit. They're doing the he's the smart one, but in a crazy way where he'll drill a hole in his head. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. That was a good, yeah. That was pretty. It was pretty good little uh, little character flair there. Um, but yeah. So anyway, they go and they go meet the uh, librarian lady from the intro, and they start like asking questions. They're like, "Oh, hey, you know, is everything going on?" And of course, uh, Bill Murray always a skeptic. He's like, "I never been diagnosed schizophrenic or mentally incompetent." <laughs> and then the uh, lady's like, "My uncle thought he was Saint Jerome." And then Bill Murray, I'd call that a big yes. <laughs> Are you habitually using drugs, stimulants, alcohol? No, 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 just asking. And that makes sense, but he never asked the question, did you wipe the dew off the lily? <laughs> that should have been the first question. <laughs> okay, first things first. Anyway. Did you wipe the dew off the lily? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they go down. I think my mom's gonna be pleased that her bits gotten in. Her bits gotten in, yeah, yeah. But they go to uh, they go to look for the ghost in the basement. We're dwelling, we're dwelling too much already. We spent like seven minutes on that freaking. Is this bit cancelable or not? (laughs) Oh, they go in here to look at books. Um, they stack the book. They stack the books up to the ceiling and then they're like oh man it's special book stacking this is amazing this what kind of superhuman being and then Bill Murray's like you're right no human being could have done this and then Ackroyd's like listen do you smell something alright this, uh, this is also actually pretty funny Bill Murray because you can this is a blink and you miss it Bill Murray in the background he does like a little like <laughs> a little like fake sniff and a little like <laughs> <laughs> and there is ectoplasm all over the uh, drawers and everything. Ooh. And if you're ever backstage with Nigel, he might just wep- wipe some of his ectoplasm on you, too. That's true. And then I'm yeah. going to cancel for making a joke <laughs> in a 1984 movie. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll be honest. So this is. No, because this isn't even like a Bill Murray went too far. Nah, I just thought this was gross in general. Okay. <clears throat> so basically what happens, he goes to, uh, Bill Murray goes to collect the uh, ectoplasm sample. He gets it all over his hand. Then he starts wiping it off on like the books and stuff. <laughs> the only reason why this got me is because I thought about like the fact that they're in like the history part of like the library. Could you imagine like Chamber of Commerce? These are the legions from 1783 to 1790. The only works ever written by James P. Gallagher's The Making of Creepshow 3. (laughs) And now it's just covered in freaking Nickelodeon slime because of Bill Murray's freaking... As it should be. Yeah. That's the only thing Creepshow 3 is ever going to get touched by either. Bill Murray wiping ectoplasm on it. Somebody's Nickelodeon gack. (laughs) Anyway, so they start walking through the bookshelves even deeper. A bookcase falls over, nearly crushes them. Uh, Then they start like more anxiously walking through. Now now Bill Murray's at least a little bit kind of like, you know, maybe something's going on here. 
then the lights start to flicker. Oh, and here we go. Moment of truth. We see a 1920s Cracker Barrel portrait. Oh, Oh, I just dropped my phone. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Pro podcast. (laughs) I didn't hear it, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I could have never mentioned it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, now we're here. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, Francine. Is that the name of the car? The car from the Stephen King? No, it's Christine. Oh, no, I just I just had it in my head and then you told me. I wanted to... Oh, <laughs> it's spoiled by surprise. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we walk up to the old lady. She's like this ghostly mirage. And she's like, and Bill Murray's like, hello, I'm Peter. Where are you from? Originally, and then the ghost <laughs> tells him to. Sh- so clearly, Bill Murray's on board now. Yeah, um, and he's like, "Okay, I have a plan. I know exactly what to do." Now stay close. This is what uh, Dan, 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 Dan Aykroyd's character says. This. Yeah, I was gonna say Dan Aykroyd comes in. He's like, "All right, do as I say. Get ready. Ready? Get her!" And then the <gasps> jump scare. From what you thought was gonna yes. be a silly movie. I don't know. No, honestly, this crazy. this scare is genuinely like creepy. This is like better than the this is better than the creep show jump scare. Which one? <laughs> the first one. Because that oh, the people like react like on time. Like everyone else. Oh. oh my father's hand just came out of the grave. <laughs> <laughs> No, but no, but like the because she turns because like the face it looks like an ape of some kind. <laughs> Don't you agree? It does. No, you're right. I was just laughing because <laughs> to anyone without context, no, because the face looks like an ape. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does because. You're not expecting, because, like, if she's going to, like, do a boo, you, you know, if you tried to picture in your head, you would morph into, like, a monkey spectral thing. Plus, she roars in, like, this man's, like, voice, too. It's so uncanny, and it's so split second. Like, I honestly feel like this moment was played for laughs. But it's so genuinely scary that it's an actual good jump scare. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like this in the theater? Oh, I can't even imagine. I don't want to imagine. Oh, never mind. No, I just remembered. I've I've actually seen this movie in the theater before. They were doing that. um, Really? uh, Yeah, they were doing that like summer. It was when they first opened the theaters back up. They were doing that like, all right, we're doing rescreenings. We're doing uh, old movies while we wait for like new movies to come back to theaters. They did uh, Beetlejuice. Goonies and uh, Ghostbusters and like Back to the Future, and uh, oh. I went to go see. I went to go see three out of four of those. I didn't get a chance to see Back to the Future, um, but I saw. Uh, I saw the other three, and yeah, I saw Ghostbusters. Actually, you know what? I know I just made a big deal about how I can't imagine what that'd be like in a theater. And funny enough, now I can't. <laughs> it's gonna sound odd, but even though I did go see it in the theater, like literally two years ago. 
I can't remember what I thought during that scare scene. Really? You so you couldn't tell me if it got a big like a big reaction? I genuinely can't. I don't remember. I don't know if it scared me so much in the theater. I peed my pants and then like fell asleep. <laughs> you ran home crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The only thing I can remember oh. about the Ghostbusters rescreening that I went to go see is that I thought it was so weird because they played like an hour documentary before. Not even like what? before. No, like they played it was supposed to start at like seven twenty. And then we walked in at like seven thirty, and it were ha- and it was halfway through, an hour long documentary about the making of Ghostbusters. Then again, like thirty minutes later, they're like, "All right, turn your cell phones off," and start <laughs> playing the movie. And, and if you don't turn like your cell phones off, blah! <laughs> yeah, they show the jump scare. Um, but yeah, it was so weird. Uh, but yeah, I genuinely, I that's so strange. I don't know. But um, anyway, all that aside, they play the wackiest chase music. First of all, <laughs> they play the wackiest like fun, like jailhouse rock. Freaking as they're leaving, yeah, they do play this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they go to the courtyard, and Bill Murray's like, you know what? I underestimated you guys. You guys are really cool. Um, I don't know. He said something like that. Uh, but what's what's the real meaning? Because no, because it's right after because they run out and then they cut to outside and Bill Murray goes, "Get her! What a great plan!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, so there's that, and then there's um, actually a pretty funny scene. He's like, "Oh man, you know what?" I should have doubted you, Harold Ramis. Tell you what. And he pulls out a crunch bar from his pocket and he's about to hand it to Harold Ramis. And then he goes to grab it and he like pulls away a little bit. He's like, nah, you've earned it. And then he gives it to him. <laughs> and then Dan Ackward does this little like like they, they do one shot where it's just on Ackward's face and he's like gives like a little half smile. <laughs> like, oh, look how nice this Hallmark moment. <laughs> Oh, oh, Literally, I was at work a couple of days ago and I was in the elevator with this lady and she was like yeah I'm gonna have a good Thanksgiving I'm like oh yeah what do you what do you have planned she's like I'm gonna eat food and watch Hallmark <laughs> like, great Thanksgiving dinner plan <laughs> that was the end of the story oh okay <laughs> No, 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 no. No, it's a good story. I thought you were going to tell me, like, I was watching Ghostbusters on Thanksgiving. Well, okay, here, I'll give you this punchline. So after she says, I'm going to watch Hallmark movies, she goes, oh, yeah, I really love those. And then I go, yeah, I like to watch the James Bond movies. And I thought she would have had something to say, given that, like, that those movies started, like, 60 years ago. But she literally just looked at me with dead pain in my face and then turned. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, there you go. That's why I was so confused. You usually have some sort of like weird twist ending. Well, I was gonna, I wasn't gonna leave that. I wasn't gonna say that because it, it, it was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How many times have I like? 
spasmed. <laughs> How many spasms have I had? There's so many. <laughs> yeah, I like to watch the James Bond movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anyway. The Ghostbusters get back to their little headquarters at the college, and they're like, oh, I suggest you're moving us somewhere better. And then the little manager guy, he's like, actually, you're being moved off campus. Fine. You know what? This university is not going to fund any more of your ghost hunting. Anyway. They explain this how, guy, like... This guy has the most, like, gayest accent, too. Hang on, let me turn it <laughs> up. I can't really hear his voice. Um, hang on. <sighs> you will leave this university. You are the worst scientist I've ever known. I see. You have no place in this department? Or, or in this university. Grace, <laughs> forget I might see you at Stanford now. They wouldn't touch us with a 10 meter cattle prod. You're always so concerned about your record. Hey, full blast. <laughs> I, was all the, I, was just, I was just trying to get the part with his accent. But yeah, no, I kind of see what you mean. He kind of sounds like a creep show actor. He's got that like sort of maritime-ish type voice. Yeah. Anyway, now they're all down on their luck. Actually, Bill Murray looks homeless instantly. Because like the wind's blowing his hair around and he's holding like a bottle of Jaeger or whatever. And he's sitting on a stoop of the outside of the college. Those poor guys, man. Yeah. But it's been like 10 minutes. Why are they already destroyed? <laughs> the impractical jokers as soon as they <laughs> get they're just walking <laughs> in the streets of New York hey you you guys want to film a, oh okay you're busy <laughs> <laughs> hey sir you want to film the, no okay oh your dog's <laughs> you lost his leash oh we could film that for a bit no okay <laughs> Yeah, because it's so true, because that's even what happens sometimes when they do their behind the scenes, where it's like sometimes people just don't want to participate. They're like, <laughs> oh, hey, lady, can you... Oh, she's very aloof. She's very aloof. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, now they're going to go... Uh, now they're going to go try to get some, like, real estate over at this old firehouse. <gasps> and... And... The lady, who I just, this is a little live live reaction here. The real estate lady who sells them this is the lady who Elaine talks to on the subway in the episode The Subway in Seinfeld. Oh! Yeah, Elaine's going to a lesbian wedding. And uh, uh, the lady, I know the exact conversation they had. The lady goes over to Elaine, she's like, hey, how's it going? It's a shame, isn't it? 60 years ago, a man would have given up his seat for a lady. And now we're liberated. We have to stand. <laughs> oh, that's a big gift you got there. Going anywhere special? And then uh, Elaine's like, uh, oh yeah, I'm going to a wedding. And he's like, oh, what's the bride and groom like? Actually, there is no groom. It's, uh, it's a lesbian wedding. And the lady just like walks away. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> wow, 40 years I don't talk to a soul on the subway. I get the best man at a lesbian wedding. <laughs> anyway so they sell them the little uh, fire department thing then we cut to a gargoyle overlooking 
a taxi cab. <laughs> and we're introduced to Sigourney Weaver with uh, some groceries Ooh. and a guitar. A guitar? Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Just hold the guitar case. It's a, it's a cello. Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, a what cello. is wrong with you? I uh, no, I, I, I uh, uh, do you think guitars are eight feet tall? <laughs> well, how am I supposed? I don't have my freaking ruler out next to the TV. I haven't seen this movie in a while, dude. That thing is oh my god! All right, all right, all right. Where's the camaraderie here? <laughs> Leave me out to dry. It's a Gordy Weaver with her guitar. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we let it fly? No. I'm going to bring this up to you every day. <laughs> 40th anniversary creep show. Uh, yeah. Oh. Except let's not cut the cake. Because genius over here forgot that Sigourney Weaver's instrument. <laughs> anyway. Like I was saying, her bass guitar <laughs> goes up <off> the <laughs> elevator, and we get introduced to my personal favorite, Rick Moranis. Oh, we love Rick Moranis. Love, 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 love. Oh, we got to talk about Little Shop of Horrors. Anyways. That's already on the list. Oh, is it really? Okay. Well, anyways, oh, of course. we love yeah, Rick Moranis. Yeah. Anyway. You run into him. He's like this little. He's actually okay. Amazing job casting the way they did because they, of course, they want to make like Rick Moranis look like this really like tiny lawyer guy. But the fact that Sigourney Weaver is already known to be like one of the taller actors, and then Rick Moranis walks in, freaking Mario Brothers. <laughs> that's a genius already. Um. <clears throat> yeah, so he walks in. He's like, hey, you know, I'm going to have a little get-together. I'm going to see you're having little groceries. All right. Anyway, she's like, oh, actually, no. And then she walks to her apartment, closes the door, and then he's like, oh, well, okay. And then he walks over back to his apartment, tries to open the door, and he locked himself out. Let me in. Somebody let me in. He does the he does the Eric Andre bit. Yeah. Before Eric Andre did it. You can hear him. Somebody let me in. And then she shuts the door. Yeah. I love that bit. One of my favorite moments from the movie. You know what else is one of your favorite moments from the movie? Oh yeah. What? This moment right here. Sigourney Weaver puts her groceries down, opens up her eggs. And what happens, but they begin to cook back. Okay, well, that they begin <laughs> to cook. Just gonna oh, go ahead also, and speed run. Also, little little foreshadowing, kind of sorta. She has marshmallows, and they are from the brand Stay Puffed. And the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man is on the is on the bag. Yeah, isn't that great? That is. Okay, now finally we get to the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the fridge. No, I didn't think about when she opens the fridge before she does a little egg crack. No, 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 yeah. So uh, we get to the fridge. She opens up the fridge. And then this, like, weird, like, labyrinth monster is, like, Zool. 
and he's got like a glowing light coming out of his mouth. There's like a whole temple set up in the fridge. It's Why? a fantastic looking uh, effect. And, you know, um, keeping in mind for a 1984 audience, this is for, for, for a movie about like <laughs> some guys. What? <laughs> no, it's just on my end. For, for a movie about. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so, so basically. <laughs> Will you let me. Okay. For a movie about, like, guys who exterminate, like, spooky ghosts, you're expecting, like, oh, you know, silly-looking ghost characters, and then they come in here with this ancient Zool, like, temple setup thing, and it looks so abstract at first, and it looks so, like, it's just so otherworldly. Like, it's groundbreaking, almost. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, look, like, I can imagine as a 1984 audience, it's like, okay, I don't know about you, but I don't think that's a ghost. But I don't think that's like you know what I mean. Like I bet this really puzzled some people because like that's not one ghost. That's not even two ghosts. Yeah. That's a house in a house in a fridge in a house. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right. No, I see where you come from. Like it, it's a mind-bending looking thing, and it, and it's over so quick. You you're you are not given much time to analyze it. And so you're just kind of after the scene, you're just kind of left wondering like, what exactly did I just look at in that fridge? Cause that certainly wasn't anything tangible. Well, then Sigourney Weaver screams and shuts the fridge. Yeah. And then we cut to the, um, fire department house and they, have found the car. It's an old hearse. And they're like, everyone can That's ride. Right. I found the car. <laughs> you guys. They, uh... <laughs> yeah. You guys, I found the car. <laughs> so they come through and then we're introduced to our another uh, fan favorite because this fan favorite teams up with our original fan favorite in the second movie. And they love love each other. I don't know. Um, (laughs) They love each other. Yeah. It's Janine the secretary. Janine Melnick. The last name. He has a name. I think it's just Janine the secretary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, we'll talk about this later, I guess, when we talk about Ghostbusters 2. But, um, does Janine Melnitz in this movie, because I can't, does she have brown hair or dark red hair? Brown in this, dark red in Ghostbusters 2. No, she has bright red in Ghostbusters 2 for a special reason, because we have the real Ghostbusters, the TV show, which uh, have, came out like in between this movie and Ghostbusters 2. So the reason why Janine looks the way she does in Ghostbusters 2 is because they were like, oh, wait, hang on. Because we decided to make everyone look different in the real Ghostbusters and that show became a hit and Janine has like bright red hair. Now we got to give Janine bright red hair, red hair in this one. And now here we why are. Don't they make, why don't they make Egon blonde then? Exactly. That's, but, oh, I don't know what they were trying to do there. It's ridiculous. Oh, no. They messed up their continuity hard. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they had to pull the kid somehow. Dead what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was saying they had to pull in the kid somehow. Oh, I see. <laughs> kid in 1989. Okay, let's see. New Ghostbusters movie coming out. Uh, this looks nothing like the cartoon show. Oh, wait. Janine has red hair. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Everyone, round up, everyone round up for Peely's big top. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a child, uh, child Doug Walker. Come on. <laughs> what are you watching? This nostalgic critic. <laughs> okay, guys. Today we're gonna be doing. Oh, uh, who is this critic? It's me, the angry video game nerd. It's <laughs> ridiculous, but yeah, no. Uh, so we meet Janine Melnitz. Uh, Bill Murray asks any messages? No. <laughs> no, because you just yeah. started today. Don't exactly. get ahead of yourselves. Ridiculous. Us uh, on the first. Customers... How many listeners do we have? A hundred? Oh. Zoom? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, see, he it, it actually saves himself. Oh, what? Sorry. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> there was something in this movie. That I had forgotten about. <laughs> and it kind of caught me by surprise. Okay. So uh, Bill Murray walks in. He's like, any customers, anything? Um, and then as he's like walking back to like the actual like office part, then he's like, and don't stare at me, Janine. You've got those bug eyes. And he's like, Janine, sorry about the bug eyes thing. I'll be in my office. <laughs> like, like a dog walking back to the doghouse. And what got me was I was about to comment on that. And then I just see Harold Ramis' head pop out from in between her legs. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you're very handy, I can tell. And then I remembered, like, oh, okay, I forgot. She likes him, but he was just, like, actually fixing something. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I forgot that um, that uh, Janine had a thing for uh, Egon in this first one. Exactly, because it's too... This was another thing. It was... It's uh, While I really like that they did the whole um, uh, Janine and Lewis thing in the second movie, it's so weird how heavy they do the like Egon and Janine thing in this one, and then just all of a sudden they're like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, then Sigourney Weaver goes into the Ghostbusters office. He's like, "Is this the Ghostbusters office?" Here's my question: When they got their little suits and everything, and made their TV ad, why was there no? Because we got the whole like, "All right, we're in the firehouse. We got the vehicle." When were they going to show where they managed to get these ghost suits and, like, TV ad money, even though they're so <laughs> poor that they're eating, like, they're like, all we have is money for Chinese food. <laughs> where, what is this budget that they may or may not have? That is a good question. I don't know. It's a little, little, little And I usually have an answer for some of this stuff, as you know, but, uh, 
I don't have an answer for this one. Yeah. I can't fix this. Uh, anyway. But they go to, well, she goes to the Ghostbusters. They're like, oh, man, you know, this is a, this is a classic case of a, maybe this is a memory withheld by a spirit of clairvoyance and something scientific that I can't quote word for word because I, I don't feel like rewinding my Blu-ray one last time. And then Sigourney Weaver is like, oh, man, you know, I just don't believe in any of that stuff. Which is where I'll ask you this. Why are you here? You're in the Ghostbusters office. You're telling me you don't believe in what spirits or whatever. You literally just saw the temple of of Gozer Gozer in your fridge. Of the creep from Creep Show. (laughs) You saw him blow out his candle. No. um, you, You literally saw the temple of Gozer in your fridge. Mm-hmm. What what are you going to blame that on the eggs? What what are you what are you going to blame that on what you had to eat? Are you going to blame that on your music teacher who screamed at you for not playing at the right key? They're going to huh? show the they should like edit in that clip. They should have been like I don't believe in any of that. It must have just been the eggs. Then they show that clip from Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. She was a bad egg. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I, was, I was expecting every time I pause, it's because I expect I expect you're gonna like laugh and then give some sort of like continued commentary of what you were talking about, but you've subverted my expectations every time because I'm left sitting here like I'm falling asleep. <laughs> anyway. No, because I always wonder: is it because of the delay when when there's just like awkward silence? No, 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 no. I I was actually just gonna say. They're now at her apartment, and I'm looking around. And it's like, oh, you know, let's see what I can find here. But also, here in your apartment, eyebrow raise, eyebrow raise, eyebrow raise. <laughs> we go into the kitchen. She turns on the lights, and they're at the scene of the crime. There's eggs, cooked eggs on the counter. He says, Dana, are these the eggs? And she says, yes. I was over there, and these eggs jumped out of their shells and started to cook on the counter. He says, that is weird. That's when I started to hear that awful noise coming from the refrigerator. You've come all this way. Would you like to check the refrigerator? And he's like, yeah. I'm going to go squirt some air stuff in the corner of a room that's nowhere near the fridge. That's what oh I'm going to do. Gosh. Deep bunks. What? You know what I just thought of? What? You're right. I'm I don't know right. how I've never seen right about him. At first I thought he was just posing as the whole Ghostbuster thing because he's not as big of a believer as uh, like Dan Aykroyd or, Bill, uh, or uh, Harold Ramis. Bill Murray must not actually be a real scientist, is he? I guess. Like, I, I want to bet he's a character who like faked his way through it. I think, and then, you know what? I genuinely think he has right. no idea what he's doing. Like every time we see him try to do like a professional job, not only is his mind not on it, but he doesn't know how to even make it look convincing. Yeah, like when he's doing this whole ghost thing. At first, I was like, "No, I just want to freaking get with a uh, freaking Sigourney Weaver," but no, like he's really like BSing this hard. 
Yeah. And you know what? This leads me back. I think this was probably my problem with when I see this movie. At first, it was just because, like, oh, you know, he's not, he's not really into being the Ghostbuster. But now I know, like, oh, so here are these two guys who actually have some level of, like, an intelligence-based education and everything. And you're just kind of along for the ride. And it's like, oh, well, that kind of ruins the fun. Yeah. It's one thing if he had done, like, the, oh, I'm a skeptic. But it's because I'm very scientific. <laughs> but you're just a skeptic and a schmuck. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get creep show one creep, but I got creep show two old hag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like side just a little side note. Should we plan a watch along like together? Uh, for Creep Show too. Because mm-hmm. I have the DVD. I don't know if it skips. Um, I can't depends- wait to see Old Hag. Yeah, I know, but I, I I feel like it'd be really good to like for us to like together react to it because not only there's there's just a lot of that movie that it's like oh my god. But anyways. Um, back to the busting of ghosts. Yep. So Janine gets a call. She's like, oh, you have? You're kidding. Well, just give me the address. Yes, of course. They'll be totally discreet. Thank you. She hangs up the phone and she says, we got one. And she pressed the button. And here we have them spring into action for the first time. This moment over. is genuine magic to me. I don't know why. I love this part. Oh, you're kidding. That actually is really funny. What? Okay. Only if I'm right. Only if I'm right about what it actually is, though. Oh, no. No. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. No, I, okay. I hope so. They, the little, little like cabinets that they pull open to like get their suits on. Since a lot of their stuff, they 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 obviously would have had to like thrift a lot of the stuff in their place, since they're obviously like short on cash. I thought because of that, I thought the little things that they had pulled their uniforms out of, since it had three different doors on it, I thought it was a confession booth <laughs> from like a church. <laughs> but that'd be funny. In case I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure it's just like a, a little like I don't know, like a three door shed or something. If it is though, that's pretty funny. Yeah. But no, this this moment is pretty pretty awesome because Janine like Janine is like so far has been set up to be like this boring secretary person. But she's yeah. genuinely excited about this. That there's actually like she's like, Oh, you're kidding. Cause she has no reason to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Also, nice little pretty funny scene here. The Ghostbusters go to get on the elevator, and it's like little old mobster guys. Like, what are you, some sort of a cosmonaut? Like, no, <laughs> we're exterminators. And he's like, it's got to be some kind of cockroach. Bite your head off, man. And then E.G. Marshall's character is in his apartment. <laughs> Another creep show callback. And the, <laughs> Just in the, case you're still listening. <laughs> 
Oh wait, no, I can't make that joke because um, the the uh, Winston isn't there yet. But anywho, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, oh, that's yeah. I, I just just from the context <laughs> clues, I knew what kind of joke you make. That's pretty funny. Yeah, um, Dan Aykroyd. He's like Mr. Pratt's like you're gonna come in here and fix this. Oh, Mr. Pratt, sir. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, man. Okay. And here's our first instance of ghost busting. In New York, too. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just freaking out. Um, but yeah. Uh, so 30 minutes into the movie, we get our first instance of ghost busting. Uh, they head out there with their proton packs. And they have a shootout with this random lady who's just doing her job. <laughs> um, they sh- they destroy her freaking cart. Everything's on fire. She starts spraying liquid chemical at one of the flames on the ground, thinking that that's going to do anything. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, then we cut to Egon. He's tracking some ghosts. Let's see what he can find. We got Bankman out here. He's over here. Bow 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 bow. bow. Dan Aykroyd's <laughs> out here. He's got a cigarette in his mouth. He's looking around, you know, nothing too crazy. And then he is shocked to see a phantasm enjoying a nice five-course buffet. Oh. Who is this green phantasm, Dane? He is none other than Slammer. Also known as? Uh, uh... Mr. Belushi, the ghost of Belushi. No, 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 the onion head. The onion head? What? Yeah. You didn't Is know that what he's that? referred to? Yeah. No. Well, you didn't know about the, the ghost of Belushi then. So we both no, got no, facts. I, about the ghost of Belushi. I, was, I was asking about like the more well known. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I thought no, I had No, no, no. Yeah, no, I knew about the whole like Belushi tribute thing. <laughs> All right, anyway. Nevertheless, though, we see Slimer for the first time. And not only that, but after flying through one of the hotel walls, Bill Murray sees him. And oh. he pulls up his walkie talkie. Come in, Ray. He's looking at me, Ray. As Slimer flies towards him. <laughs> anyway, it's looking at me. <laughs> here comes here comes uh, Dan Aykroyd running at one mile per hour to go save Bill Murray. I'll be honest, this scene is pretty funny too. He gets there, he's on his back like a beetle, <laughs> trying to like move around. <laughs> yeah, because that proton pack. Yeah. Uh, he can't get up. He slimed me. That's great. <laughs> Actual physical contact. Yeah. Can you move? Um, but yeah, no, actually, we'll do our first little IMDb trivia bit. Um, yeah, the proton packs in this movie were so heavy that they were causing like like all of the guys like horrible back pain. It was so rough. Really. Yeah, it was like like they were they were that heavy. 
they were like you think as a costume piece. You you'd think as a costume piece they'd make it look heavy but actually be lightweight. I'll be hundred percent honest. I don't know why they really were as heavy as they were. Theoretically, there wasn't that big of a reason why, because in the second movie they were able to knock down the weight a little bit. So who huh. knows? Not to mention, you don't actually see. You, you don't usually see like the proton packs that much in the movies anyway. And usually when you yeah. do, it's from far away. So I can't imagine it would be like, a, oh, it's got to be for the cameras. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah. So nevertheless, we then cut to the ballroom in which they're finally going to neutralize the problem once and for all. So, we have all three guys. They're like, all right, keep everyone out of the ballroom. We'll take care of this. The little hotel waiter guy, he's like, yeah, okay, we can do it. Um, so, Slimer's flying around, and he's like, all right, I got him. Dan Aykroyd shoots. They all shoot. Like, I, I think it's, who, who is it again? It's like him and, it's either him and Harold Ramis or him and Bill Murray. Anyway, they shoot. They hit the, the chandelier. Chandelier comes down, hits the table. Dan Aykroyd runs in. That was my fault. That was my fault. Bill Murray says, <laughs> it's all right. The table broke my fall. But I I always thought that was really funny, the way Dan Aykroyd, he's just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it's, it's not like, them bickering like any other standard like 80s comedy would have been like oh look what you did oh who's gonna pay for the no he's just like I'm sorry <laughs> yeah um yeah so we go from that to then Harold Ramis takes his shot and he is just like he is not even he's not even trying <laughs> like he is just <laughs> shooting he is shooting and shooting and then Bill Murray is like nice shooting Tex then we cut back outside. <laughs> the little French waiter guy is like, all right, no, don't worry. Everything's perfectly fine in this ballroom. Everything seems to be just fine. We've got everyone taken care of. Just a small maintenance problem. And then we hear tables flipping. We hear glass breaking. <laughs> um, we see them, like, throwing tables over. Anyway, uh, but now they're finally ready to set up. They set up the ghost trap. They set up the proton packs. And they shoot. They shoot. They finally got it wrangled. They got the ropes. Well, yeah, not technically ropes, but like the proton packs, like beams are like roped around them. Um, yeah. They're holding on. They're like, it's working. It's working. Start bringing them down. Don't cross the stream. Start going down. Start going down. I'm opening the trap now. Don't look directly into the trap. I looked into the trap, Ray. <laughs> Okay, that part again, because um, Egon's supposed to be like this really smart, like he's supposed to be the smart one. But here's just another one of those moments where, like, he's like, you, your question, you're like, is he the smart one or is he the dumb one? Because they're like, don't look at the trap. He's like, I looked in the trap. <laughs> yeah, he's got those good one liners. <laughs> but they do it, they trap slime. And he's in there. The first ghost captured. He's there first. comes the guy. Catch. That is absolutely true. And then here comes the little guy. He's like, oh, Mr. Smith, get in here. Open the door. 
need to get these guys. And then right as they're about to open the door in like anger, out come the Ghostbusters. They're like, oh, we did it. And then immediately this balding guy, did you see it? What is it? (laughs) Did you see it? What is it? (laughs) Yeah. And then he's picking up the trap, which is now smoking for some reason. Um, yeah. And it's class five. What was that? I was just saying, it's got the ghost in there. They got to show that there's something going on with it. <coughs> yeah, I suppose that was it. And but it's not. It, he describes it as a class five full roaming vapor. Ooh, a real nasty one, too. Mm-hmm. And that's when he first describes the price to the, uh, the uh, gentleman. He says, well... It's going to end up being about $5,000. And the guy says, $5,000? I had no idea it'd be so much. I won't pay it. Big mistake. Huge. Yeah. Well, we could just put this ghost right back in there. (laughs) Exactly. He's like, no, 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 no. All right. Anything. (laughs) And then they get big quick. And to be fair, what was this guy thinking? You had a ghost in your hotel. Don't get smart, frickin'. <laughs> to be fair, the though, that's, it's way, it's, yeah, yeah, the bald guy. Um, But yeah, we get to the Ghostbusters montage. Um, And we see, like, oh, the Ghostbusters are getting wild and blah, 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 blah. And the news report, and then probably the standout scene from this little, little uh, hidden gem on one of the news reports. There's a guy, he's like, Oh man, yeah, the Ghostbusters are wild, but for unforeseen authority, random hippie dude in the background, he's like, Oh, my own TV, let me stroke my beard here for a second. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, they're finally legit. We see, uh, they're like, oh, Ghost Fear grips New York, USA Today. They're getting like all suited up. No, no comment. They get all suited up, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, they're getting, uh, they're getting all kinds of recognition. You get a little Larry King cameo back when he was. Oh my gosh, oh. that's right. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot about Larry King. Oh, I just dropped my phone again. I completely forgot about Larry King showing up. They don't even, here's the thing, missed opportunity. They didn't even show his face. They just have their, the, it, the, his back. And he's like, Ghostbusters. Well, and then that's it. <laughs> well, this is back when you could get away with cameos. They didn't have like 10,000 impersonators so that, oh, do you believe us? Yeah, that's true. But still, I mean, like, why did you I I, I completely see what you mean. I'm just, yeah. Oh. Because now he just, like, a weird tribute. Yeah. And now, um, and I didn't even realize this, radio talent, radio talent Casey Kasem had a vocal cameo. He's like, and now the Ghostbusters are doing, they're doing New York a favor and cleaning up our town. This is Casey Kasem. Wow. 
And then uh, John Candy's character from Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, oh. Up, like, well, it's the Ghostbusters. Woo! Oh, yeah. No, I forgot to say, yeah, a little inside baseball here, too. Okay, so basically, um, John Candy was supposed to be in this movie, too. Like, he had a oh, written yeah, part right. in here. He was supposed to be this, like, boisterous, like, I, I think it was, like, a German guy. I don't know, some sort of, it was a European guy. Anyway, he was supposed to be what ended up being Louis Tully's character. But he wasn't supposed to be Louis Tully. He was supposed to be like a different guy who was just like one of their neighbors. Um, oh. Yeah, he ended up giving the role to Rick Moranis. He was like, "Oh man, you know, I, I really couldn't." But uh, here, 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 here you go. You know, Rick, Rick, you can take this role. Um, but yeah, no, uh, John Candy was supposed to be in this movie, and then they end up starring together in Little Shop of Horrors a couple yeah. of years later. Is that a weird plan you got there? You know, from the movie. Is it is that is that from uh, Ghostbusters One or Two? That's that's from Little Shop of Horrors. No, oh no, I'm sorry. I thought is there a baseball scene in one of these movies? What do you mean? Is there a scene where um? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a scene in all in every movie. No, is there a scene where? <laughs> like... <laughs> How many times you can say? Is there a scene? No, stop! I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there a scene where? <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're not even done with Act One yet. Aren't they playing baseball at like some like miscellaneous kid gaming event, and like something spooky happens? Or am I thinking it's like a random cameo, or am I thinking it's something different? A random cameo. Well, what do you mean, like cameo from the baseball? It's just a, little, it's a little mini league baseball game with a bunch of kids or like a guy. What am I? T- oh, it might be Men in Black, actually. It might be. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar from any of these. That took um, way too long to get through. Okay. Yeah. Little inside baseball. Well, I'm the laughing because of the whole. Is there a scene? Because I sound yeah, so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, little inside baseball before we end this uh, act one. Um, so we see a segment in which Dan Aykroyd, he's he's in bed, and then this like hovering lady ghost is over him. Oh my and god. Let's look to the book. Remember the you scene. Know, you wanna give me the you wanna give me your rendition? Actually in um in the T V versions of this movie that I watch, like Do whenever it's sh- on the TV channel. No, you don't. They you don't, they cut out Oh, they did the little like censor cut. They did a censor cut. They cut the part where his zipper is being undone. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to look to the book here because there was like a whole thing. Dean, give me a, give me a hint of that. Uh, give me that. Uh, uh, give me that creep show 
book transition scene music. Basically, it says here um, that the montage that conveys the Ghostbusters' rise to success is told through quick cuts and magazine headlines, with little need for post-production effects. The one exception is a dream sequence in which Ray Stance is serviced by a stunning <laughs> female phantasm. Does it say serviced? No, it does say serviced, but it says something before serviced that oh, considering okay. our podcast's clean, quote-unquote, rating, I don't want to get blasted. Okay. Anyway, basically, it says, uh, that moment is all that remains of what it was to become the Fort Detmering sequence. As scripted, Winston and Ray arrive at the Fort Detmering guardhouse in the Ectomobile and split up to investigate the historical site. Ray, after donning a vintage military uniform, falls asleep in the officer's barracks and awakens to a surprisingly pleasant ghost encounter. The live-action Detmering footage was in the can, with Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson having put in their performances on the Columbia Ranch back lot in Stage 12 at the Burbank Studios. The idea behind the scene was to give Dan a love interest, a woman who's been dead for a hundred years, said Ramus. But the scene was too long, and it was in the wrong place in the film. Playboy centerfold Kim Heron played the ghost, allowing herself to be encased in a rigid plaster body mold and suspended by cables to simulate weightlessness. We had to make a body cast of her, says Stuart Ziff. So there's Steve Johnson and Mark Wilson, and they're soaking these gauze bandages in water and gently draping them on her with this disposable paintbrush. Finally, she looks at them and just goes, go for it. And in unison, Steve and Mark fling their paintbrush in the air, look at each other, and just start patting these bandages on her with their hands. The invisible unfastening of Ray's pants had a simple solution, involving a puppet of Ackroyd's crotch that employed a wire pole to draw down the zipper. I hired this guy, Al Coulter, who worked it out, says Stuart Ziff. Al made these pants, and when you pulled some levers underneath, the zipper would come down and the pants would open, says John Bruno. That puppet was just a test, but when they sent the test over, they cut it into the movie. So I was like, okay, I guess that's done. Reitman felt that the Fort Detmering scene didn't have a place in the final edit, but he salvaged the completed ghost effects for the montage. Dan Aykroyd, though enthusiastic about the scene's genesis, didn't object to its, to its omission. I don't miss anything that we didn't use, he says. The ghost in the fort, the seduction ghost, and paranormal research, that's a common thing. Ghosts doing things to people. I have a friend who had three women visit him in a haunted house in Louisiana, and it was one of the greatest nights of his life. But in under two hours, you obviously can't have everything. <laughs> Can you imagine during this montage scene, we get this super long miscellaneous love interest side plot and then it ends, and we just go right back to the normal montage. Yeah. 
<laughs> because to be honest, they did hide it well. They, they did, did hide it well because the way that they played the movie is that after he gets blasted in, well, after he blasts in the uh, in his little dream, it's just a dream. He rolls off his bed, and he falls over, and I guess right. who is that? Is that is that Egon or? Bill Murray having some sort of an episode in the background. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, because there is more movement than. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Dan Aykroyd. It's basically yeah. Dan Aykroyd flies back. <laughs> yeah, it's Harold Ramis is like walking in his sleep. His legs are fully like going. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. Anyway. That's act one over. I don't want to make this too long. We're already at an hour, 20 minutes. Um, But yeah, here's act one over. We will see you in act two. Yeah, baby. But first, some fan mail. I love the Creepy Peepers podcast, all right? I'm listening to this 24-7, nine days a week. I'm especially excited about this week because they're doing Ghostbusters. Hell yeah. Creepy Peepers is the best podcast out there. And if you don't think so, you definitely eat for a living and you clearly have no taste and you better get excited because they're talking about Ghostbusters. Thank you very much to Leanna and Hudson for your submissions this week. All right, and here we are with a special visitor. We have Winston Zedmore. Yeah, their first employee who wasn't a founding member. Exactly. So here comes Janine asking him, you know, do you believe in UFOs, aliens, extraterrestrials, such like that, Loch Ness Monster, and possibly Atlantis? And then Winston says, pretty honest answer. He says, if there's a steady paycheck, I'll believe anything you want to. <laughs> anyway, he, we, we finally see him for another angle. He's got the Nigel Bailey part on the side. <laughs> Um, yes, he does. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, so he's like, all right, uh, we got Winston Zedmore here. And they're like, all right, you're hired. Start whatever. I don't know. Uh, yeah, they hand him the trap, and they're like, welcome aboard. And they hand him the trap. I guess he has to dispose of it. Uh, okay. I'm the, for, the, for the gag, this absolutely works. But... Considering all the stuff they've been doing throughout the movie, they should recognize the danger in this. Yeah. When they hand him the trap, not only does he grab it by the bottom, which because of the way that Dan Aykroyd's holding it from the wires and not from the trap itself, there's some sort of hazard going on here. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's not too bad because Dan Aykroyd 
Ray. Oh my god, I keep saying Dan Aykroyd. That's gonna get old. Ray keeps um. Oh, this is the worst podcast ever. I want Ray <laughs> every time. <laughs> I think because they freshly caught Slimer in that moment, and that like the power to hold the ghost in was just activated and was still cooking, and it was probably very hot which is why he was holding it up the way he was. I feel like now that it's just become a simply a box with just sort of uh, energy just just kind of in there, it's not really like, oh, this, this sparking hot cooking ghost is in this box. We got to hold it from the wire to not burn ourselves. It's, it's more like, okay, this is a box with basically air in it, but there is a ghost in here. But I, I feel like if a ghost is in a trap, it just kind of loses its energy, you know? Well, I was going to say, when as far as, like, the cooking thing goes, it's still cooking. Not Slimer, but, like, oh, remember, really? this is after. This is after they're, like, doing a bunch of other stuff. They, at this point, they had just gotten back from a case. He's holding the trap, and it's still, like, smoking. Oh, okay. And he's holding yeah. it from the bottom? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Well, uh, Ray, Ray's holding it from like the. Um, yeah, he's holding. He's holding two traps actually. One of them is like just like regular, and then one of them is smoking. He's holding both of them by the wires. Then hmm. he hands. Uh, that yeah. Then he hands them to Winston. Yeah. Then he hands them to Winston, and then Winston just grabs him from the bottom. Which would would be user error if it weren't for the fact that why why was there no like all right be careful not to press this button right here because it oh <laughs> now, now every ghost in the world is freaking sent from the dead anyway but who cares about that no need for safety we're here at the symphony orchestra of New York with. Sigourney Weaver and some mullet guy. Oh, I love this guy's haircut. I don't know why. This, this mullet guy, he's cool. Even though he's like a stuck-up musician, he's like, I play just the snare drum. And, oh my god, you, you're you talking to this guy? Yeah, look at his receding hairline. <laughs> Wait, does he does he state what instrument he plays? I don't know. Um, oh, okay. What was I going to say, though? No, 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 actually, building off what you were saying, although they don't say what instrument he plays, um, so what happens is we cut to Bill Murray, who's doing this weird, like, one-foot jump that I try to replicate and just, I like, I don't even know what move he just pulled. Nowhere, like, I guess this is his Ed Harris uh, match flick. <laughs> but anyway... He's doing this weird one leg hop through the courtyard, and he goes over to a he goes over to Sigourney Weaver. He's like, "Hey, um, the only reason why I'm skipping through that conversation is because we get to what we were talking about. Um, we get over to the guy. They cut over to the guy because I guess uh, Bill Murray like alludes to him. We cut over to the guy, and he's like nasal spraying up both nostrils. Yeah, yeah. and then he's like, "Who's the stiff?" And then uh, uh, Sigourney Reaper's character is like, uh, well, that stiff appears to be one of the finest musicians in the world. 
From his of case, what? I would assume it's violin. Oh, he's holding a case. Yeah. Okay, how big is it? Because a violin is small. Um. <laughs> sorry, what, sorry. No, no, no. I was trying to pay attention to like the quote that they were saying. Uh, sorry, what was that? How big is the case? Because a violin is small. That's what I was going to say. The, it, the case is pretty small, but it's also like... It's also bass guitar shaped like Sigourney Weaver's case. <laughs> no, yeah, but it's like a small like guitarish shaped case. So it's uh it's probably a violin. Or like okay. one of the smaller guitar shaped instruments. Yeah. Uh but yeah. So anyway, um the guy's like I guess like a little jealous. Um but yeah. So that scene kind of just comes and goes. Uh, Bill Murray thinks he's really funny. He's like, hey, sir, I'm sorry we didn't get to meet, but I hope you're feeling much better. <laughs> Nasal spray over here. Dan- <laughs> me, uh, me backstage <laughs> with my inhaler. Oh, yeah. You, you, you <laughs> No, you need an inhaler at the most random moment. It's like, oh man, this celery is pretty good. All right, somebody grab me my inhaler. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a flare up. It is random moments too. Also, little disclaimer, folks. Act two is going to be real short. I'll tell you exactly why. Because we're about to get introduced to one of the most unnecessary and stupid characters who has no impact on the franchise as a whole, or even the story oh of Justice God. Justice movie. The amount of times we get on an actual phone call and Nigel mentions this pointless character and complains about it to me. <laughs> I'm glad we actually get to talk about him. No, no, no. I don't even want to spend a lick of time. I'm going to breeze through his freaking point in the story. Ridiculous. <laughs> Horrible character. No idea why Dan Aykroyd wrote I mean, John Belushi freaking come back from the dead, kill this guy. <laughs> freaking Onion Head, Chevy Chase team up. Crossover event. <laughs> Teen Titans Go meets Chevy Chase and Slimer. Anyway, uh, so basically, but before we get to all that, they're back at the, uh, all right, I don't know if you can hear the symphony orchestra play. From no, the I, I couldn't. Oh, you couldn't hear that one? I'm so used to hearing the, I'm so used to you hearing the, and we rise to be from my TV volume. <laughs> Call back episode one. <laughs> yep. Oh man, but yeah, no. Actually, funny enough, good on the good on the writers uh, for actually thinking of this. We cut back to uh, Dan Aykroyd training Winston, so they actually neutralized my claims. Oh, it's like, hey, so you're gonna put this trap in the thing, uh, neutralize your field, deionize it, and bingo. Um, yeah, not bad. And then we cut to Bill Murray. He's like, hey. You know what? If you had this job, I can't imagine why you would want. Actually, what does he say? I, he actually makes it a pretty interesting quote here. I want to make sure I get it right. All right. So he's like training Winston. Got uh, Harold Ramis working on something in the back, uh, working on the proton fields. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So Janine says that there's a man from the EPA uh, here to see you guys. Bill Murray says, EPA, what's he want? Janine says, I don't know. All I know is that I've been working. For two weeks without a break, and you promised me you'd hire more help. 
Janine, someone with your qualifications would have no trouble finding a top-flight job in either the food service or housekeeping industries. Are you going to answer that? I've quit better jobs than this. (laughs) Then we get that classic line, Ghostbusters, what do you want? (laughs) And then here comes this freaking guy. Hi there, I'm Walter Peck, Environmental Protections Agency. And then by the time that they cut to them in the in a different room, he's like, are you Peter Venkman? Who did you think you were talking to? First of all, dunce cap on this guy. Are you aware of how dangerous your things are? And now you catch ghosts. And how many ghosts have you caught, Mr. Venkman? And then, of course, if it, you know what? Honestly, you know what? I'll turn around my whole opinion. I don't, I don't care about how smug Bill Murray is. Okay, at least he's got Slimer, whatever the frick he's got. I don't care. Okay, he's better than just Walter Peck. <laughs> Be as smug as you want to this guy. He's like, well, may I see this storage facility? No. And why not, Mr. Venkman? Have you got something to hide? And he says, because you did not use the magic word. Then, <laughs> then Walter Peck is like, what is the magic word, Mr. Venkman? And then Peter says, please. I mean, Bill Murray. And then with that little Tim Curry smile, except Tim Curry would be an actually interesting character to be played. Walter Peck says, please, Mr. Bankman. Grim Reaper looking. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't even, I can't even cover it. I, I, I can't even cover it. I'm taking a break. I'm taking a break. Dane, take over. I don't, uh, just t- tell me your comment there. So, um... What I remember, because I don't have the actual movie on with me, um, they go down and they demonstrate the uh, how the trap works. And uh, does he leave after this, or do, does he cause problems in this? He caused problems. He called, of course, okay. he caused problems. If he comes on, <laughs> then shows all the guys smoking. <laughs> talking about apparently, I got, apparently, I got secondhand smoke from them smoking. Um, yeah, and they're talking about Twinkies. Hey, right? hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You actually this movie better than you thought. You didn't got that immediately. But hang on, because I'll actually say something that I didn't notice before, but uh, I, I also learned about from my Ghostbusters book. So parents didn't like how much smoking was in this movie. I never noticed until this book pointed it out. They do actually smoke a lot more in this movie than you remember. This is true. Like, they, they were saying in uh, Stranger Things, they were like, oh, yeah, Stranger Things seasons, like, one through one and two had so much smoking. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't rewatched it in a while, so I'd have to go back and rewatch. But, um, yeah, I've, I've never noticed that until after somebody's pointed it out to me. I'm not that impressionable that I would start smoking from seeing it on TV. This isn't freaking 1960s Flintstones, Marlboro ads. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, good, good reference. Yeah, little deep cut, deep cut reference there. Deep cut. Um, but all that aside, yeah, they talk about Twinkies. Uh, they're like, yeah. So basically, they found a Twinkie thirty-five feet long, six thousand pounds. And here comes Bill Murray, and he says, "We had a visit from the Environmental Protection Agency. How's the grid holding up?" And he's like, "Not good." How about the Twinkie? Then we cut back to Tower of Terror from Disney. Just kidding. 
It's the Gargoyle <laughs> Hotel from New York. Which is a real place, right? Uh, I maybe, maybe I don't know for sure. All I know for sure is that this set piece looks amazing. The little yeah. set that they built for this looks like something out of like a Batman. Yeah, like it looks completely different than something you see in a Ghostbuster. It looks incredible. No, the amazing. lightning and stuff. Oh, please tell me this leads. They're about to save me. Rick Moranis might be about to save me here. As much as I hate Walter Peck, he is. He's here. Walter, uh, not Walter. Rick Moranis comes out. He's like, oh, Dana, it's you. Oh, would you like to come to my party? You have a date? What do you mean you have a date? (laughs) And then she says, well, I'm sorry, Lewis. I forgot. And then Lewis is so beaten up. He's like, oh, that's okay. You can bring him along. And then Sigourney Weaver's like, all right, we'll stop by. And then he gets locked out again, of course. Oh, he does? Actually, he he gets locked out a second time? He gets locked out a second time. Um, Oh. (laughs) You sound sad. You sound sad this time. Well, no, because I... I'm I'm disappointed in myself that I forgot that he he gets locked out because I thought that was just a one off bit in the well, beginning. You Twinkie. Yeah, that's true. Right. Anyway. Oh. No, no, no. Don't owe me. At least I'm still talking at a normal pace. I hear you freaking in the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion. <laughs> Well, you know, dear viewers, it is 2.16 a.m. at the current time of recording. So, uh, do forgive your old Uncle Dane here. <laughs> Great. Come on, come on, sort through. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> nah, just kidding. Um, okay. By the way, side note. All these miscellaneous footsteps I keep hearing above me. Get out! <laughs> Are you hearing footsteps? The two sixteen a.m. What? Yes. In the basement right now, and I'm hearing nothing but people walking around, and everyone's asleep. Just Tyson. Yeah, Tyson's asleep. They're all asleep. They're asleep in a part of a house where, like, it's not like where, like, they're above anywhere because they're. The living room is is in a section of the house where there's no basement. There's just concrete, and they all sleep there. Hmm. And all I've been hearing for the past like two hours is like random footsteps. Anyways, that's really weird. Anyway, so Dana goes into her apartment, and then she sits down in the living room. I'm sorry, Dana. I, the, the, any other any other movie, really interesting story. Act one, I just got to make up some time for Act one. It took us eighty minutes. Yeah, we'll wrap around. We'll wrap around to your to your haunted experience. Ooh, that's a good idea. Dana Dana jumps into her her recliner. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Dana just in the recliner. <laughs> Dana just in the recliner. She's she's put she like it's like oh yeah my boyfriend's a Ghostbuster uh and then like hands start popping out of her chair. What a great scene! Yeah, they really took a lot of like stuff on this. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Okay, there's also one hand that is obviously grabbing parts th- that none of the other hands are. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a popular ad campaign called uh, "Got Milk." This, oh, this gremlin hand, he sure did. <laughs> anyway, they flip around her chair, facing it towards the kitchen, which now has a gargoyle, but like the like evil gargoyles. Uh, it's yeah. the gargoyles, uh, like standing in the doorway. Oh, Misfit song, alive in the doorway, shining so bright. Uh, anyway, they face it. To- they face like her chair towards the kitchen, and then as it's like Gremlins two, blasting her, she gets like pulled all the way in. Like I'm telling you, this belongs in like Poltergeist or something. Yeah, it becomes a whole different movie. Um, but yeah. But this is one of my favorite. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite parts of the movie. One of these great bits that we're about to get right now. Here we go. Here we go. So Lewis Tully's back at his party. He's like, oh yeah. So basically, uh, okay. I don't know why I started out with him. I started. I started doing the voice thing. I was about to start making fun of him. I was just trying to like keep up with the story. Uh. Sorry, folks. It's the only drawback about me doing like a watch along. I've got to try to keep up with the scenes and also provide commentary at the same time. It gets a little stressful sometimes. All right, bear with me for a second here, folks. I got Dana with your phone asleep on me. I'm trying to hold this show myself. He's over here hearing voices in his house. I don't know. All right. So this lady walks up to Lewis. She's like, Oh, I've got a migraine headache or something like that. You got anything for that? Lewis Tully, he says, Gee, all I think I got is acetylsalicylic acid. Generic. That way I can get 600 tablets instead of 300. Well, I have 600, <laughs> tablets, 600 tablets for the same price as 300 of the name brand. Um, oh my god. They're showing all this, like, all the party goers. Of course, everyone looks real nerdy. I'm looking at... Yeah! Everyone at this party looks like a different, like, alternate universe version of Tully. Yeah. And then for some reason, we've got I Dream of Genie. Also, what is with Lewis and his random, like, like, life hack, <laughs> like, thing? Like, what? Why does he sound life like hack? some, like, middle-aged mom? What? What do you mean? He's like, I can't, I got, I have 600 tablets and, and I'm paying, it's like, what are you talking about? Like earlier in the beginning when we see him, he's like talking about tax paying and it's like, what, well, what I are think you talking about? Like, I think he's just supposed to be like a little bit of a frugal guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hang on, hang on. My favorite line, my favorite line, but I don't want to spoil it for myself. Okay. So we go around looking at parties. We see some random hot lady. That stands out among all the like weirdo nerdy people there. Um, anyway, he's like, Lewis, I'm going home. No one's dancing or doing anything. And he's like, Well, I'll dance with you. 
And he's like, okay. And they're dancing or whatever. And then he steps over to the side because somebody rang the doorbell. He's like, hey, guys, it's Ted and Nanette Fleming. And then they walk in. They're like, yay. I'm like, let me take your coats. He grabs her coats, goes to throw them in the other room. Onto the gargoyle's head. Oh, it's actually a pretty funny visual because oh. you think like, oh, he's going to get blasted. Oh, never mind. It's just pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but then as he closes the door and walks back out of the party, there's like a loud growling. And then when you think they're about to be like, oh, they're finally going to realize, he says. He says. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the dog. <laughs> my favorite line in the whole movie. Really? I that line like once a week. <laughs> okay, who brought the dog? <laughs> the way it like greets CDI Sharknado flies to the wall. <laughs> that's like the, that, that was the annoying orange going knife and then. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> and then the fact that it like lands on like that whole table of snacks that we see him like setting up earlier. Like a friggin' killer Kowalski WWE pro wrestler move. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anybody wanna play Parcheesi? Okay, who brought the dog? <laughs> and the fact that it's like not even they didn't even see the eye they just Tim Burton claymationed it <laughs> oh man also for some reason random parts of this whole segment like starting for, like Lewis's party segment is like sped up really yeah like when he goes to grab the pills out of the medicine cabinet that part is sped up like randomly. Like one like little like one second part of it is sped up. And when he goes out to like run away from the from the, the like dog thing, it's also sped up like randomly for some reason. Uh but yeah. So we see uh Lewis Tully, he's running away. He's like, Oh, oh I gotta get out of here, I gotta get out of here. I can't remember what movie it was that I watched recently where like almost every movement like was sped up slightly and it's like come on you didn't have to speed up someone moving their arm across to grab something random you really have to like oh we gotta cut down as much time as we can speed up every shot yeah well, was it like a was it like a was it like one of those like tv broadcast things or was it like the it was like actual movie oh I know I, ha- I have like a copy of it or something. So I know it was like an actual movie. And they're like oh. speeding up parts that they don't even need to speed up. And it's like gets really annoying because it takes you out of the movie. Because then once I see it, I'm like, okay, what, what it, is it really that bad? Like, what if, what would the scene have been like if they didn't speed up that part? And I'm playing it in my mind. And I'm like, okay, it wouldn't be that bad. And then by the time I realize that, there's something completely different happening. And I'm like, oh, what did I miss? You're absolutely right. Yeah. Huh. We'll learn a lot about like alternate versions of movies on this. We got the creep show, like pitch up versus the pitch down. Then we got movies sped up versus <laughs> like slowed down. 
Yeah. Huh. All right. Nevertheless, though, uh, also as as you were describing that, I I I've got a note now in my head um, because we we see Lewis running away from the gargoyle uh, thingamajigger, and then he like goes over to this garden party and like this big glass building. Um, and he's like trying to get their attention. He's like, somebody let me in. Somebody let me in. But of course, no one heeds his calls. So it's a private party. Um, and so then the gargoyle gets him. One thing that I've always known about this scene that at first I thought was kind of weird because everyone can see these. Right. So basically, they don't show the gargoyle, like blast him against the window. What I'm wondering is. Were they just not confident enough in their effects that they didn't want to like CGI them in like they did earlier? Because this is a 1984 film; these can, these effects are not going to be convincing. Yeah, but like those people can see. Yeah, right? they can see this happening, and they're just like going about their business. How do they not freak out at this big dog? I don't know. And then later, they're <laughs> like, when the police. Or at the building, they're like, some guy brought a cougar to a party that went berserk. Huh. I don't know. Some it's very weird, like some random old guy at the dinner at the dinner table. Okay, who brought the dog? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> then we get to Bill Murray going up for his date with Sigourney Weaver. He opens the door. Hello. And Sigourney <laughs> Weaver opens the door. Are you the key master? And then he says no. She closes the door. He knocks again. Are you the key master? Yes. <laughs> I'm a friend of his. He told me to meet me here. Or he told me to meet him here. Uh, yeah, so this is really gross. I also didn't remember this. So everything in her apartment is covered in ectoplasm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's stop. <laughs> Take a break, get a little Lysol out, maybe we'll talk. <laughs> Got a cool I think this scene, this scene is pretty funny. No, actually. Pretty funny. Uh, it is pretty funny. Uh, but I, I do kind of wonder, though, where did the ectoplasm come from? Is it supposed to be from the... Is it supposed to be from uh, the, the gremlins or from her? I honestly don't know because... I feel like the way they have it just like completely everywhere and overtaking everything, it's supposed to look like we we're not we're not really supposed to be sure what exactly has happened in between the the time we last saw the apartment. So, you know, yeah, I get that. Um... So Maybe now, it's just supposed to be gross. Like, oh, like look at all this, like, you know, ectoplasm. Like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, and she's like completely clean and fine. Yeah. So then we get to this montage of <laughs> Bill Murray <laughs> trying to <laughs> evade her advances on him. Um. Okay. Uh, actually, yeah, we, this, this, does lead to another, we do that too. <laughs> this does lead to another funny line 
So when she's explaining there is no Dana, only Zool, she then does it in this really deep, like, creepy voice. And then Bill Murray's like, what a lovely singing voice you have. <laughs> uh, and then, okay. Just, just, I just got to say this. As a uh, ex-scare actor, because I used to um, be a spooky man in a haunted house for a while. Are you kidding, Dan? Where was what? this during the podcast? What? What are you talking about? We didn't, you didn't tell me that we were in the we were we could have had a Dan spooky stories. Oh no, I have a lot the, of stories. I have a lot of stories. What was that? <laughs> what's, what's the what's the <laughs> tales from the tales from the Shreks? Come on, <laughs> no. <laughs> What's this? Oh, DreamWorks Spooky Stories. That's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> no, Shrek's Swamp Stories. That's what it is. And then okay. the other one was called DreamWorks Spooky Stories. Anyways. <laughs> no, I have, I have plenty of uh, haunted house uh, stories. But basically, there's no worse feeling than when you're trying to be scary and then someone just comes back at you with a bit. And it's like this scene of Ghostbusters will forever remind me. It was like, there is no Dana, only Zool with the scary voice. And then he's just like, my, what a lovely singing voice you have. That's like kind of half of the experience of working in a low down, uh, low budget haunted house. It's just trying to be scary. And then some kid being like, oh, you want that good Minecraft? <laughs> Um, yeah. No, I get that. Um, (laughs) no, so we get a, uh, yeah, no, we didn't make a whole episode about that now. Dane's Tales from the Trailer Park. Tales from the the Trailer Park. Park. No, I was trying to, I was trying to think of, I got, I got Trailer Park Boys and Tales from the Park. Horror, horror tales from the park. Remember that regular show? Those little Halloween specials? Terror, terror tales from the park, I think it was. Oh. Uh, but know. yeah, that'd be a cool episode because yeah, there's so many awesome stories. Yeah, because especially because it wasn't a high-end haunted house. It was literally one that a couple of guys threw together Red and it was only up for a year. Motel 6. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you can imagine that a lot of crazy things happened. Um, it was a special time in my life, and I I long for it. They've never done it since. I'm still awaiting the call to be like, okay, Dane, this is the year we're finally bringing it back. But they never have. It's gonna be the director of cosmetics. We actually did have a professional spray paint uh, team come in one day. But anyways, back to Ghostbusters. <laughs> it was graffiti artist Elbarto. <laughs> Elbarto. Um, yeah. A little Simpsons reference. But yeah. Anyway, we cut back to Rick Moranis, who's fully blasted. He's all possessed. So they decided to drop him off at the Ghostbusters. Um, so he's here. And he's like getting like his brain scanned and everything. He's acting real weird. Um, 
with the Marty McFly, not the Marty McFly. Yeah, the Doc Brown. Yeah, Doc Brown. The Doc Brown. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's got it's got this weird like head scanner '80s machine that everyone thought apparently was scientifically accurate. Um. But yeah, no. So he's got that on, and then he goes over to. uh, He's like. Hey, let me get you some. What is? What did he say? Did he say like some coffee? Let me get you some coffee. Yeah, I think it's coffee. Yeah, let me get you some coffee. Should I? Yes, have some. And then he responds, "Yes, have some." So, <laughs> uh, they go to like make him some coffee. Then, of course, Janine walks over. He's like, "I'm worried that you'll die, Harold Ramis's character, Egon." I don't know why I keep. I know all their names. It's just so much easier to say the actors' names. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get my inhaler. Oh, come on. Little, little jab at your respiratory issues. Yeah, a little jab at me. <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> oh. Now for anyone for anyone worried in the comments, I also I also do have uh, asthma as well. I actually know where my inhaler is. It's right upstairs. So is I mine. I don't think I'll need it. Although, I, although usually when I get a sore throat and I get like the wheeze, sometimes I'll need my inhaler. But I don't, I don't know. This time I feel like I'm all right because I haven't been having a wheeze as much as it is a sore throat. And it is cold and flu season. So. Yeah. This, this is Thanksgiving. Bound to yeah. <clears throat> so we're in the thick of it. Yeah. Anyway, we get this little scene with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Winston where they're like, hey, do you believe in religion? Which uh, I will respond to them with a big uh, skip. Because we get to a really cool soundtrack moment where we see the Ecto-1 driving down the Brooklyn Bridge as we zoom out camera. Oh. We see all the landmarks. We see the Empire State Building. We see all the little business towers, all the lights on, early morning business deals. We see the twi- uh, more buildings oh. that have business deals going on. <laughs> I, aside from all that, I actually really like this, this part. Because it, it feels kind of out of place, but in a good way. The little religion discussion? No, the, uh, this whole shot, this whole scene where they're driving down the bridge. Oh, like the way it's shot, it's so different from the rest of the movie. Yeah, it kind of t- it kind of takes you by surprise. But also, yeah, this religion discussion is out of place too, but not yeah. in a bad way either. It's kind of like it was yeah, bound to happen. Little, uh, it's a nice little uh, character building scene for uh, Ray and yeah. Winston, especially since Winston doesn't get as much screen time since he's a new guy. Although all that fun gets ruined because after we get back from that amazing bridge scene. We get cops and the freaking pencil neck guy from early. What's his name? Oh, Walter Peck. Walter Peck, yeah. Anyway, Walter Speck comes in and he comes down the stairs. He's like, hey, you know what? I want you to shut off these beams and we'll shut them off for you. Then here comes Bill Murray. And then Walter White is like, hey, you know what? I want you to shut all this down. Then Egon's like, hey, turning it off would be like dropping a bomb in the city. And then Smalter Skek is like, don't patronize me. I'll make sure all of you get in trouble because I'm a little tattletale. 
Uncle Murray comes down. He's like, well, <laughs> let me just tell you, you know what, folks? I'll cooperate. I'll cooperate in any way I can. And then Small Kergek is like, hey, you know what? You got to be mean to me, so I'm going to be mean to you now. And he's like, shut it off. Shut it off, all. And then Bill Murray says, <laughs> shut it off. I'm warning you. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But then uh, Bill Murray comes in. He's like, my friend, don't be a jerk. And then the police officer man pulls him out of the way. He's like, hey, come on. Let him do his job. And then uh, uh, what's this guy's name? All right. Walter Shrek. Uh, he's like, hey, if he does that again, you can shoot him, you know. And then he's like, Peck, you do your job, I'll do mine. Good so lord. To shut the machine off. And then the worst of the worst. Yep, he shuts it off. The lights go off. <clears throat> Here comes Zool, rapidly breathing on the bed. Everything's going down. The guy gets a really bad feeling about this. Now Small Gergek is over here. Oh, I'm shaking in my space boots. My bricks, bricks <laughs> are falling down in the building. Oh, oh, I ruined everything and have no bearing on the story other than being a catalyst for this war. Oh. <laughs> anyway. And then, if I'm not mistaken, we don't see Shrek Forever After once more throughout this entire movie. Nope. We see him one more time. Oh, do we? We see him when... uh... What? No, no. I was going to say, never mind. In that case, I will save save my my final bits for him uh, when we see Walter Shrek the Third um, (laughs) next time. But for now, for now... For now, it's goodbye to Walter Shrek Forever After. <laughs> these these name bits are awesome. They're so perfect. Thank you. Sorry, I had to. I had to. I had to supplement wow. some of them in between my tea drinking to soothe my throat. <laughs> yeah. And even though he just saw the whole building blow up, he's still causing trouble. He's like, I want these men arrested. This is the Biomental Protection Act. Oh. <coughs> you see, there I go. <coughs> Gave you kids. <coughs> oh. Wow. Oh, man. Walter Shrek Swamp Stories just gave me a terminal illness. <laughs> oh. <coughs> But yeah, no, ghosts are literally shooting out of the building as they speak, and he's still just randomly uh, ridiculous. <laughs> he's just causing trouble for the sake of it. Sorry, what'd you say, Dane? I was saying, I want these men arrested. For no reason. Exactly. It's ridiculous. But luckily, luckily, that's all we have for Act 2. Because we're about to get into the big, fat, juicy climax of Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd's Ghostbusters. 
That was just my bit. Uh, but here we are. We're back with Act 3. So now at this point, it's probably no surprise, because you're probably listening to this, at least not that chopped up, probably, uh, that you would have forgotten what we talked about in the last act. But <clears throat> the ghosts are now back to taking over the town. We see their specters shooting out of the Ghostbusters headquarters after Walter after Walter Black shuts it down. So basically... Ooh, ooh, oh my gosh. Oh, perfect reference. You know what? You know what? Every, 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 every silver lining, every silver lining that this movie's about to provide right here, right here, right here. Best silver lining ever. Okay. <coughs> so we see ghosts emerging into the city. There's ghosts shooting out of the subway tunnels. They're shooting out of sewers, going into taxis in which we see a businessman get into the taxi he says columbia building 57th street i'm in a hurry so let's not dawdle and who do we see but something that looks the crude creep. in the original yep yeah, yep yeah, that's what i was gonna say the creep <laughs> oh Love that part. um also we see the classic uh car swerves and then guy dives like Indiana Jones out of the way even though he was like nowhere near the I don't know those are always pretty funny scenes in movies Uh, we see Slimer crawl out of a hot dog cart eating everything we see uh, Sigourney Weaver getting antsy because as a ghost she sees a takeover it's like a a literal like hostile takeover of a ghost to the city Um, yeah we're finally getting going Actually, you know what? Here, while I scroll through so that I know what to talk about for our later scenes, why don't you give a little, your little commentary about seeing the creep in uh, Ghostbusters? Well, <clears throat> this creep is uh, is much more um, livelier looking than the one in the original Creepshow. But hey, you know, it's very um, it's a very good uh, piece of puppet work. And uh, I know me and my mom specifically, we get a kick out of seeing him every time. Absolutely. And uh it's 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 cool to see that um there's not just like as I said earlier, there's not just like oh person with blue glowing effect around them, oh they're a ghost, or oh it's a ball of light, or oh it's a person with a sheet. We get variety of different types of ghosts. We get ghosts that are like weird looking monsters. We get fully materialized corpse taxi drivers. We get, you know, spectral lights and we get Gozer and, and the demon dogs and we get it all. I mean, it's a very great variety of ghosts in these films. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I, I appreciate that. And they let creativity wise, they really let themselves go wild. Absolutely. Doesn't Slimer show up eating some hot dogs during the scene? That's I said that like a ten minutes ago, dude. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're fully caught up. But let me tell you this. For the audience, we're not talking about the actual creep from Creep Show. It's yeah. like the, it's the little Ghostbusters. It, it's not even like a tie in necessarily. It's just it's the same type of funny enough. 
this is probably truer to the original design of the creep from creep show than the actual creep show like further franchises end up doing <laughs> this is true <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous but it, it, um, it's basically uh, a zombified skeletal taxi driver man with this like evil grin and it ver- it looks very reminiscent to the creep from creep show at least the original yeah <clears throat> but yeah um so basically all that aside you catch up with the ghostbusters and they are in jail <laughs> <laughs> they're in jail they got in a fight with um with Max Shrek. Uh yeah. and he's and and Egon's like, your mother and <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, that, that doesn't be an insult. Back in like the eighties and nineties, apparently just saying your mama was just an insult <laughs> in itself. Not even like, oh, they had to say something and then you say, no, just say, your mama used to be an insult. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, so basically, um, they're in jail. They're like, oh, yeah, we got to plan on our defense. I mean, this is going to get too out of hand and no one else how to deal with this. This is the Ghostbusters. Luckily, though, they get saved by who else but... Steve Urkel's not dad, but maybe dad, but technically not really the dad, but also the dad of his love interest, but it's not his sister because he's not really biologically related to them. He's just over at their house a lot. It's Mr. Winslow from Family Matters. Wow. That was a very large introduction. Yeah. But I was I was following along and then I lost it. You you remember remember the cop from Family Matters? I've never seen Family Matters. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Well, okay. For anyone who hasn't seen Family Matters, basically, if you know Steve Urkel, you know Steve Urkel, Dane? Yes. Okay. So Steve Urkel, he's basically the whole story of Family Matters, even. He uh he goes to uh he goes to uh like he, he's he's always over at his girlfriend's house, basically, Steve Urkel is. And uh the, his girlfriend's dad is uh is a, a cop and what's funny is the guy the actor who plays her dad who's the cop um plays a cop in both ghostbusters and die hard so what's kind of a funny like <laughs> little universe that they built around was that oh that's really cool so he's like a cop in all the universe and it connected it connects this little cool 80s verse that we don't really i don't know it's kind of a cool little i don't know Little fun that things the cool. fans like to pull around. Yeah, I um, never knew that. Yeah, it's a nice little, nice little sentiment. But yeah, so basically, uh, the guy's like, "Oh, the mayor wants to meet with you, so you guys are free to go." Um, and then we cut to the building, the hotel, and Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver are there. Rick Moranis walks out. He says, "I am the keymaster," and then Sigourney Weaver, "I am the gatekeeper." And little Louis Tully finally gets his little victory. She kisses him on the mouth. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's the real scare. That's the real scare for you folks. Man, we sure are the creepy peepers. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but we uh we walk in to the uh, mayor's office. Guy walks in. The Ghostbusters are here, and we get introduced to Skinny Danny DeVito and Walter. <laughs> Peck- <laughs> Walter that Peck- took me a second. You you know you got the bit. Yeah, I get it now because he does look like a skinny Danny DeVito. I was wondering if that would go over your head or not. Um, but yeah, but no, yeah, we get this like skinny Danny DeVito looking guy. Also, am I the only one who was kind of surprised that Walter Peck still hadn't like cleaned himself off a little bit? He yeah, just looks he's still like he needs like, like a little dirty. baby wipe. Like he's not like in that bad shape. He's just. Also, I, 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 I don't know why, but I had been led to think like the Ghostbusters had been in jail for like an hour or two. So I'm like, oh, there's plenty of time for Walter Peck to have gotten a little more. They know. probably have been in jail for an hour. Realistically, so I know that's what I mean. So like, why isn't he cleaned up at least a little bit? Because he looks well, more disheveled you know, than they are. He's a man on a mission. I guess. Also, I just found out that little mayor's real name. It's actually going to be pretty funny for the bit. I'm going to tie into it. But, unfortunately, to ruin our fun, for tagging along from Six Ghostbuster over here, um, <laughs> we get a smaller, smaller, smaller pit. Smaller pit walks in. And he's like, pit, I'm smaller pit. I have stinky pits. And they're using sense and nerve gases to induce insulations. Like I do with my with my uh, stinky pits, because I'm a bad EPA guy. And <laughs> electronic light show. All right, I don't I don't even care. I don't even care about this guy. Skip it over his lines. Anyway, point is here. He says that they cause explosion. Who cares? Who cares? Anyway, the mayor's name is Lenny. Which in my head I put together, lean Danny, Lenny, lean Danny DeVito. <laughs> you see, he built his yeah, own world. I do see. Lean Danny um, DeVito. But yeah, and then the priest walks in. No idea why. Uh, but the priest walks in, and then Lenny goes and kisses the priest's hand. What a peanut gallery like, scene! I know it's it's real it's real weird. Uh, but I guess they needed some sort of spiritual element. Um, they're like, oh, well, we will not take any position on the religious element of this. But personally, Lenny, I think it's a sign from God. But don't quote me on that. I can't believe a sign from God is these evil ghosts breaking out. Yeah. Taking over New York. Come on. But then again, here comes Winston to testify. He's only been with the company a few weeks, but these things are real. Mm. That's right. Bill Murray comes in, gives a famous speech. He says, this is a disaster, or this will be a disaster of biblical proportions. Fire and brimstone rain down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness. Earthquakes. Volcanoes. Dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Classic. Classic line. Classic line. And he says, well, okay, tell you what. If we're wrong, nothing happens. We go to jail peacefully, quietly. But if we can stop this thing, 
Lenny, you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. <laughs> There's only one condition, Lenny. You've got to hold your breath. No. Um, <laughs> I um, hate that the fate of New York it rests on the shoulders of this very uh, morally uh, weird mayor. I mean, yeah, but think about it. In any other 80s movie, they would have had the mayor end up being on Peck's side or whatever. I don't know. It would have been some sort That's of... That's true. That's true. They always do those little cop-outs. Oh, well, I'm in power, so I must be evil. Right. Anyway. So they begin to get ready. They're like, hey, yeah, we're getting on. We're Ghostbusters. We got the police escort. They're legit. They're finally legit. So they get the police escort. And then I think this maybe... Um, there's a scene coming up that I know has this extra that is not doing a good job at being an extra because he like, he's one of the tallest guys in the audience watching the Ghostbusters. And he is like, really like, he's like throwing his fist out. He's like, yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. I found him. I found him. I found him immediately. He's got this Conan O'Brien red hair, seven feet tall. I, I, how could I miss him? He's like a focal point. Anyway, so they're getting escorted. They got the little police motorcycles, the little uh, 80s cop cars. They're coming through. And I wish I could give way more commentary, but nothing's going All right, I'm fasting forward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just it was way too long. Uh, also, okay. you keep talking. I keep hearing uh, stuff. Yeah, I know. They're it's kind of. I, I swear. I swear. They're just driving. Not nothing. Nothing is happening just yet. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, this goes on for. Wow, this goes on for like another three minutes. Uh, okay. They finally look up at the hotel. <coughs> oh, sorry, my sore throat. Okay, they finally look up at the hotel. They're like, "Oh, wow, it's getting crazy. It's all like cloudy and stormy just around the hotel, around the spire and everything." Or not the hotel, the uh, apartment. Um, and then an earthquake happens right where the Ghostbusters are standing. Oh, people start to get pulled in. Uh, this one car falls into the tectonic plates. Some like plumbing comes up. So some water starts spraying out. Um, and the Ghostbusters fall into the hole. Yeah, and that's it. The, the credits play. No. <laughs> yeah, if only they could have held their breath. <laughs> now they end up being fine. Uh, they climb yeah. out. Everyone's happy, of course. They're not going to end this movie at only an hour and 21 minutes. Oh, you know, maybe they could have. <laughs> All right, we're going to save the city. Oh, <laughs> anyway, so they climb out. Oh, also, that little, they've got this little, like, soundtrack cue that keeps playing, and it actually sounds a lot like the beginning of 99 Red Balloons. Yeah. They've got this little, like, sort of, like, not not synth, per se, but, like, this weird, like, electric piano. 
It's like da 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 down, down 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 down. I mean, doesn't that kind of sound? Oh, like da, 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 yeah, no, because they're um, it's part of a song, and um, you can hear a little bit as they're driving it, and the guy's like saving the day, saving yeah. the day. I think they wanted that to be. Uh, well, I guess, I guess, I guess, I they wanted it to be. I guess that was supposed to be this movie's on our own, but yeah, as me and you both know, on our own definitely takes the cake. Oh, of course. Well, I guess we're gonna have to take a drop. Oh, oh, if it's up to us, we've got to take it out. Oreos. Too good. Uh, <laughs> but we're back up at the apartments, and they're finally having the big like uh, temple reaction. We've got the keymaster and the gatekeeper. Ooh. Um, Amazing lightning effects. Yeah. No, I'll be honest. This actually was really good. This makes their yeah. gremlin, their like gargoyle gremlin hybrid, look like trash. <laughs> this like real set this is like something that uh like this this i don't know what it is but this really looks like a comic book movie it oh, does not like in the creep show way i know everyone's gonna be like oh another creep show reference no no no, no. Like, i understand it looks exactly like, a gotham. About. like a gotham like a it looks like a superhero movie yeah like all the time like oh we just destroyed this part of the building but uh, it's okay because we're superheroes right <laughs> We don't have to pay for collateral damage. Yeah. No, they're here. So they, they're like, hey, where do these stairs go? And then Bill Murray walks over and all the guys is like, they go up. So they decide to make oh, trip. They the go up. And so uh, they head up there. We've got all these lightning effects. And the door to the temple is finally opening. And we're introduced to... Who I thought was Janine. I'll be honest. First, like, oh my God. I could have sworn. I was like, oh, no wonder we haven't seen Janine in a while. This is Janine? Question mark. Can you imagine if it was? I honestly, I really thought it was. It looks just like her. The same haircut, the same, like, general facial features. <laughs> That'd be funny. Ghostbusters, what do you want to go on? <laughs> exactly, same bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but what's that without one more Pee Wee Herman claymation demo dog from Stranger Things run up to the little pedestals? Um, <laughs> oh, no, it's not Janine. No, it's David Bowie. So David Bowie walks out. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. It's Gozer. It's Gozer. Uh, yeah, so Gozer walks out. It does look a lot like uh, Ziggy Stardust, though. Yeah, there is definitely Ziggy Stardust in this character. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, Gozer walks down, pets pets her dogs. Yeah, pets her dogs. Um, looks down at race dance. He says, "Good evening." As a duly designated representative of the city. County and state of New York, I order you to cease all supernatural activity and return to your place of origin and, and or to the nearest 
and or to the nearest convenient place of residence. And then uh, Gozer asks, are you a god? Race Dance says, no. No. I die. Yeah, she zaps all four of them almost off the building entirely. And yeah. it's going to sound weird. This is the first scene where it's been really, really noticeable that this is an upscaled version of the movie. Really? Yeah, don't get me wrong. Again, I'm watching the Blu-ray of it that I own and that I've had for, like, ages. But, like, this is not... I don't know. Like, it was like I was telling you. None of my DVDs or Blu-rays are, like, in bad quality. Where I'm like, oh, you know, it's a very negligible difference. But no, this actually does look really high quality. I kind of see, yeah, I finally kind of see it now. I guess it just wasn't really paying much attention before. Yeah. All right. So here they are. They're finally going to try to zap Gozer with their proton packs. So they're all trying to shoot her. They and then the movie's over. No. Um, <laughs> they try again. But here's the thing. Why didn't they do that first? Why would Ray try to reason with... They've never tried that. What were they? What was he thinking? <laughs> this one came with dogs. Obviously, we have to try something different. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. A little, little strange. But for the sake of the movie, I'll let it slide. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. They shot... They shot again, and uh, it missed, but they don't realize it at first. Because um, uh, Egon pulls out his little uh, detector. He's like, oh, uh-oh. Something's about to happen. Honestly, I, I honestly think that they're, they're all, especially Ray, is so scared that like Ray doesn't want to fight this thing. So he's just going to try and see if reasoning will work. Just try it. I think that's yeah. my explanation. No, that makes sense. Um, Anywho. Yeah. So from there, we get uh, like a bunch of debris falling down. Uh, then on to like the, the like uh, onlookers or like, well, I guess uplookers at the top of the apartment building. We get like rubble <laughs> falling down the citizens. Some old lady um, gets hit with a piece of rock. Yeah. And so now they're like, choose the form of the destructor. <coughs> yeah. And Ray's like, Ronald McDonald. Yeah. No. Um... And so then uh, Bill Murray figures out instantly. He's like, all right, all right, all right. Everybody empty your heads. Don't think of anything. Don't think of anything. And then immediately in Dan Aykroyd's Nothing But Trouble Mind. Um, he's like, the choice is made. And he's like, no, no, no. Nobody thought of anything. Nobody <laughs> thought of anything. They look back at Dan Aykroyd. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. What? What just popped in there? 
Oh, and then who do we have? One of the most iconic giant villains in movie history. Someone so iconic, I get sick to my stomach every time I see this thing in stores. It's the... State Puffed Marshmallow Man. I just hallucinated that electric shot out of my Fanta bottle. I think I'm tired. Yeah. I, like, glanced over, and I saw, like, purple volts, like, shoot out. You saw okay. Well, no. Okay. For those of you listening, it's sounding like I'm on something. Let me state to you: it's currently three o nine a.m. So, of course, don't don't be all like, "Oh, they recorded the podcast high this time." No, 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 no. Come on, get your head out of the leave and mud filled gutter. Dan's over here with his uh, his big plate. Yeah, no, 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 I'm I'm over here starving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so they they see Sapo Marshmallow Man, and then they're like, "Ray has gone bye bye, Egon. What else have we got?" Sorry, Vagrant, I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thought. Wow. And also, this is a pretty fun effect, you know, pretty fun effect. The classic, like little, uh, oh, we got to film it a certain way to make it look like it's real. And right. then, here we go. It looks good. It does. It really does, actually. doesn't look like Power Rangers. Yeah. You know. So they try to set him on fire. They blast him. Uh, which, honestly, logistically, good thinking on their end. Because it's a marshmallow. You could roast him. Yeah. Until the flames shoot up and almost cook them alive. <laughs> Uh, but That's right. Uncovering time, and they're like, "Hey, funny this, eh? Killed by a hundred foot marshmallow man." Anyway, so they. Oh, never mind. I forgot. I thought this movie was supposed to be funny. No, the monster starts climbing up the building like King Kong. Oh. Uh... <laughs> 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 no, no, no. So they think they think like what's what's the number one thing that we've kind of been avoiding that might actually help us cross the streams. Mm-hmm. And so then they're like, you know what? There is definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. So they give it a shot. To be fair, from their perspective, worst case scenario. If you genuinely had the entire fate of New York in your hands, I I wouldn't I I would be in the same shoes as they are. Yeah, because this is one of those scenarios where it's one thing when they're like, "Well, what if it was, and we're gonna kill you anyway," versus you might be fine, and if you don't deal with this problem, it's not gonna go away. Because it's after you, really, and it's going to ruin everything anyway if you don't get rid of it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the perfect, like, stakes. Anyway, they entirely blow up the giant, like, spire top. Like, the first, at least five floors of this apartment complex are destroyed. I don't know how they survive. I don't know how anything survives. It's actually pretty funny. 
when we cut back to like everyone like on the ground, they're all slipping all over this like marshmallow stuff. And finally, Walter Peck gets blasted by a bunch of marshmallow gunk. <laughs> by the way, uh, the actor Peck had no idea that they were going to do that to him. So that's a genuine reaction. He didn't know. Yeah, he they he 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 didn't know that um, all that was going to get dumped on him. They just they just went okay. Stand here and look confused. Uh, don't know really, don't know why, but okay. Yeah, and then uh, they dumped all that on him. Huh. I could have sworn it was just it was just like a all. Oh. Yeah, I was that, not was, expecting that. It was a planned thing. How would you? How, how would Peck. you not realize? Like, would would they have to have a hose like above him? Oh no! They had to drop it on him. That's a good question. I would assume a giant bucket of some sort, or like you said, a hose, but. You know, maybe they just maybe it was so like quick paced, they were just like, okay, uh, stand right here for a second, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, anyway, all that aside, we're back on the roof. Ghostbusters, of course, they're fine. Uh, they're covered in marshmallow gunk, and they're now like looking around, they're like, oh, well, where are the people? Where are the and we see like the gremlins as like stone statues. At first, we're like, "Oh no, they're dead." Well, no, because we see a hand pop out. Everyone's like, like everything's all like crunchy and everything. But they're like, "Oh, wait a minute!" So they start like ripping it open and everything. All the like charred remains. They rip it open, and who is it? But Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. <laughs> they're not gone. <laughs> All right, to be honest, though, another funny line from Bill. Uh, he looks over. He notices that Lewis Tully's got the head like, oh, honey, I shrunk the kids. And he's like, hey, go check on that little guy. <laughs> that line is really funny. Somebody go check on that little guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we get to Sigourney Weaver. She's like, oh, what happened? Oh, it's Bill Murray. Oh. And then Louis Tully, he's got to, like, regain his bearings. He's like, who are you guys? And then, cool as can be, Dan Aykroyd, with Ghostbusters. He asks them, who does their taxes? He says, Mr. Tully. Do you know him and his taxes again. Well, he's a lawyer. That's true. Did you not know that? No, I I know that. I just forget sometimes. No, no, I think about sorry, no, 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 no. He's not a lawyer. He's an accountant. Right. He plays their lawyer in Ghostbusters 2. But yeah, no, he's an accountant. Of course he's going to ask about their taxes. Yeah. Uh, also, this movie really wanted to get done fast. Despite not hitting that like usual two-hour runtime, it ends right after this scene here. Sure. They have like a few closing lines, but like the minute they get down, it's over. 
It's yeah, they all play the theme song. Everyone down there is cheering. It's honestly a little not like dissatisfying in the way of like, oh, this movie's so bad. No, it's just like you know, it's a little, a little odd. Right. Yeah. But uh, you know, we oh, think well, everything's fine. We think everything's fine, but then um, Slimer leaves us with a closing reminder that uh, all those ghosts are still out there that they have to go now and catch again, and then some. So, uh, (laughs) not so happy ending, you know. Absolutely. Uh, That being said, though, I guess, well, what, what, there's only one thing left to do now? That's right. Uh, MVP, LVP, skull rating. <laughs> Can I just say, I already know who your LVP is going to be, Nigel. Actually, I don't think you do. Oh, really? So it's not yeah. Walter Peck? Is it um, the librarian? <laughs> the librarian. All right, just say your freaking LVP, MVP. Okay, all right. Um, you know, my MVP is gonna have to be uh, Lewis Tully because he's he's one of he's he's the he's a really funny character. He's always a joy to watch. It's uh, Moranis. You can't go wrong with that. Um, Damn. Yeah, my LVP is gonna have to be uh, um. It's gonna have to be. Well, you know, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Since you're not choosing Walter Peck as your LVP, I'm gonna have to go with Walter Peck because I can't think of anyone else. Everyone else is too good. All right, all right, I'll take that. All right, now. So, whoa, 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 really quick, what's your skull rating? Oh, my skull rating? Mm-hmm. It has to be. Hang on. Oh, Adam Sandler, bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my skull rating is going to have to be 9 out of 10. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you, this is my, my miscellaneous reason why it's not a 10 out of 10. Because this movie would be a 10 out of 10 if it had just stayed like Goosebumps or Ghostbusters. (laughs) Goosebumps. Well, if it had just stayed Ghostbusters 1 and 2 and maybe Afterlife, it would have been fine. But the fact that we got like so many like awful like merchandise in face like like when when I hear Ghostbusters I rarely think about just this movie alone I keep thinking about like the just the merch why does merch ruin everything sometimes like come on and then the stupid 2016 remake are you serious right now but uh you know like everything you said that is if you were asking me the question personally yeah. <laughs> like, know, I made the movie. Everything I just listed off was a detraction from uh, 
the franchise as a whole, I guess, not from this movie. And um, this movie is good. You know, for some reason, to me, this movie, although it's not a Christmas movie, it has that sort of cozy feeling to it. Um, I'm not sure if you feel that way, but uh, I don't. Cozy oh, feeling. Okay. The city is destroyed. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, you know what? You're not gonna know what I mean. Why even bother? <laughs> well, yeah, you're like half asleep. No, it's got it's got that like 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 put it on for like Halloween kind of vibe with your family and just kind of like cozy up. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you mean. <laughs> yeah, my sore throat knows what you mean. Um Okay, good. Um anywho. <clears throat> well it's it was only he's only threw me off with Christmas. It's got that Christmas feeling. I'm watching a Christmas story, Christmas vacation, <laughs> Ghostbusters nineteen eighty four. No, I didn't say it was a Christmas feeling movie. It just it has that same cozy feeling. Anyways, um, aside from all the reasons that have nothing to do with this first movie of why I gave it, I might just give this a 10 out of 10. Because I'm at a place now, because I was at a place a while ago where I was so sick and tired of hearing about this movie. And now I'm back at like, oh, you know, it's a cozy movie. So it's, it's a good movie. Uh, I think I'll give it a 10 out of 10. Maybe a 9 out of 10. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm going to say my MVP, LVP, and then I'll, I'll say my score rating also. So my MVP, okay. I'll be honest, he's brought me all the way back around. I love Bill Murray in this. He does grow on you. I was mistaken. What? I was mistaken that he didn't grow on you. He does grow on you. And I think that's because yeah, that's true. I've probably only actually seen this movie seven or eight times, which is still a lot. But that's over my whole life. Huh. That's not like, oh, you know, every Halloween I put it on. No, no, no. Because here's the thing. I do like this movie. I do remember a lot about this movie. I do. But overall, I hate him so much in the beginning that then when I think back to the movie, when I want to watch it later, I'm like, oh, no, he's too much of a he's too much of a screw around in the first part that I don't want to watch uh, but watching it now, like in full, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, LVP. LVP is Creep Show 2 Creep for oh looking so much worse than the creep from this movie, <laughs> even though he wasn't actually the creep. Um, skull rating, I'll be honest. That being said, even though I do like this movie, it's one of my like favorite like comedy horrors. I'll give this like a seven point five out of ten. Mm. Again, I don't want to seem like oh I don't like Ghostbusters, but part of it is the franchise has ruined it for me. And That's the true. Part of it is the second one is so much of like a hit for me. Yeah. It's, in, yeah. it's so it's genius. It's just so like quick. They dive right in with the ghost busting. Even the ending. If you thought Stay Puff was good in this, you should see what they pull in the second one. They're moving monuments in the second one. 
That's true. Um, yeah. I Yeah, I that, the only reason why I took that one skull off was like the franchise ruining it, but yeah, I'm 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 excited for Ghostbusters too. Absolutely. That That's a great Tune in next week for Ghostbusters 2 and afterwards for our first miscellaneous or well, I guess not miscellaneous, but like I don't know, what, what would you call it? Our first sort of sub-genre uh, one-off. Yeah, we, sub-genre. We, we were, for the first time, we're going to introduce another medium into uh, our show here because we've been We've been reviewing movies, you know, and we've done we've we've had our share with that, and uh, you know, coming up soon, we're going to introduce another uh, medium, um, be, because movies hold the horror genre in its grip pretty tightly, and I feel like this next medium holds horror in its in its grip, uh, if not more tightly, absolutely, just as such. Yeah. So be sure to tune in. Comes out. Hang on, you cut out. You might have to repeat that. Okay, you cut out even worse this time. You sounded like a freaking like Chuck E. Cheese animatronic malfunction. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. Tune in for when that comes out. Are creepy peepers. They're the creepy peeps, as we call them, yeah? Yeah, creepy peeps. Yeah, yes. Be sure to tune in, and we will see you next time on the Creepy Peepers Podcast. <laughs>